Free Talk Live. Welcome to Free Talk Live. It is the live Saturday edition of the program. Yeah. And you can join the show if you want. You can dial in. The number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. Here tonight, it's Ian. And the Reverend Captain Kickass is also here. We are expecting Peakless Mountaineer to join us. Uh, hopefully he is all right getting out here. He Party! Does, he does have a long drive, and sometimes things, And it's the holiday, right? Sometimes things can go wrong. It is a holiday. Oh, yeah, Labor it's Day weekend. Labor Day weekend. You know what that means, Captain? That means that Free Talk Live has been here now for 17 Wait, years in New Hampshire. Lab- I think we've said this before. Labor I feel Day like weekend this is, is my... Day. Labor Day weekend yeah. is the Free Talk Live version. That's when we moved. That's when we made the migration. We we did the show on Saturday night, like we are here tonight, okay. in uh, 2006. And I had had the moving truck packed up. We had a Penske moving truck because the U-Haul fleet was absolute garbage. Right. And Penske had actually just got a whole new fleet. Yeah. So they had all brand they new trucks. They were a bit more expensive, though, right, than U-Haul? I don't recall. Like 10, 20 like, bucks or I something. I don't remember yeah. noticing, like, oh, my God, shockingly more no, expensive. No, it wasn't shockingly, but, but they are, like, if you're budget conscious. It was a smooth ride, though. I'll tell you, it was worth yeah. whatever. If it was extra, it was worth whatever it was. But because uh, I, I did have a U-Haul truck once when I moved just across town when I lived in Florida. Mm-hmm. I got a U-Haul truck, and it was the biggest mistake. It was so bad. I like It was like a manual shift, yeah. and just trying to get that thing in gear, you could hear the transmission grinding. Yeah. It was crazy. I had a similar experience. We ended up going with Ryder, mm-hmm. because like the U-Haul truck that we got was just so much of a piece of crap. And we were like, no, we can't even begin to load stuff. Like, we drove it from the U-Haul place and to like, the no house. Way. And by the time we got to the house, we're like, this <laughs> yeah. thing probably won't even make it to the new place. Right. And so, yeah, we ended up going with, we took it back and we went with Ryder. It took us a couple of days. We had to wait. Because you Do know. you think U-Haul's improved their fleet since then? Cause I know no, you, not at all. No, no I think U-Haul is the exact same company they've always been. I mean, I know you just rented a van from them, but that's that's a little different, right? Well, I mean, <laughs> uh, it was expensive, Yeah. right? The per day cost is not expensive, but they're the mileage is. buck, buck yeah. 15 a mile now. Like, I saw an old TV show recently where they talked about U-Haul, and they're like, this thing is costing me 15 cents per mile. And they were complaining wow, about it. Wow, right? yeah, yeah, it was a lot of money back and, then. And I'm like, oh, wow, man, it's like a whole dollar more <laughs> now. So, yeah. Well, things are definitely not getting cheaper out there, that is for well, sure. it's interesting that, uh, and, and again, I think we might have talked about this before. If we haven't, we should. I'm just feeling some vujade here, which is the feeling that nothing like this has ever happened before. <laughs> Instead okay. of deja vu. that's cool. Yeah. I like that. Uh uh, Monday, technically, which I won't be on the air on Monday on Free Talk Live because we have a, a different show on on Monday. Yeah. But Monday is technically my four-year anniversary, my very first oh, appearance. you on, also moved on Labor Day. No, my very first appearance on Free... I moved, oh, on Free Talk Live. I moved on Memorial Day weekend. Ah, okay, okay. But my very first appearance on Free Talk Live was on Labor, Labor Day, Day weekend, weekend, the Monday of. So, I see. you know, Sunday night when I'm doing, when we're doing the Sunday show, I'll mention it again. Mm-hmm. But I think that's very cool that, like, Free Talk Live's first, right. you know, sort of versary of being in the Shire is on Labor Day, and so yep. is mine. I think that serendipitously lines up. We packed up the truck, uh, got a, you know, pretty large moving truck because we moved basically my stuff and Mark's stuff up together, Yeah, if I recall correctly. 
and uh, my girlfriend at the time. So we had three of us moving up there, and Mark uh, came behind us in his car at the time. So yeah. we kind of had a carpool uh, going and didn't on. Didn't you like get this convoy. place sight unseen? I had never been to New Hampshire before moving here. Yeah, that's correct. And and so I did that too. Like when I moved, yeah, I, that's I, right. I didn't buy it. I rented a place for the first year. But the place that I rented, all I did was talk to the guy over the phone and have right. him send me like a video walkthrough of the place. And so yeah, I, had I took to, I had pictures. The realtor sent me pictures. And that's yeah. it. Wow. Because I bought awesome, this in man. 2006, so video walkthroughs I don't think were as uh, as common sure. back then. Uh, Pickles Mountaineer joining us. Welcome, sir. Glad to be here. We're you talking about double bearded bastard. You. I am. We're talking about moving to New Hampshire. Um, you've been here longer than the captain. How many years has it oh, been for you? Um, uh, 2017. So a couple okay, years. Okay, a couple before years before. Here, yeah. Yeah. When were you? When did you make the move? I I, uh, I landed in the free state uh, for the last half of Porkfest that year. Okay. So June. June, late June, mm-hmm. mid June, yep. and then you came to uh, Keen's crypto meetup, if yep. I recall correctly, at the uh, Rick's yeah, ice cream. I, I went all over the place. Uh, uh-huh. I went to the I went to the seacoast. I went uh-huh. to Manchester. I went to Keen. Uh, just you know, feeling my way around, kind of. Was get Keen the, lay the of first the stop after Porkfest? I think so. Yeah, because I, I remember think, you saying. I feel like I remember you saying. Yeah, that, I think but... it, I think I went from Porkfest to Keen, and then from there to uh, Manchester, and then uh, Seacoast, uh, one or the other. I don't know why, but like, there's so many people that moved to New Hampshire. Obviously, I mean, there's literally thousands of libertarian oh, activists yeah. that mm-hmm. have moved here to New Hampshire as part of the Free State Project, and maybe a uh, you know thousand more that didn't join the Free State Project that just moved here. And I never really remember where I meet people, but for whatever reason, you made an impression on me. And I remember uh, being at that place. Rick's ice cream place yep. with uh, Lauren and Jim Canario, <laughs> who were both there for that one, if I recall correctly. And uh, it was a good one. When did you first appear on Free Talk Live? Uh, I don't know. That one CD, I don't Things know. like that I really? don't remember. Yeah, don't know. I, I yeah. don't know that one. I know yeah. it took at least a year. Do you have a guess? Uh, it took at least a year, year or two yeah. to, to end up on, uh, on I, Free Talk I Live. I feel like... When I started on Free Talk Live four years ago, that you were not on it. So, like, did mm, you have like some hiatuses so. or in between hiatuses? Yes, <laughs> what are plural of hiatus. Are those those seas of hiatus? Did you have many hiatai? I've never been hiatai, to hiatai. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> hiatai. <laughs> Uh, no, just uh, took that long to get everything together, uh, get a place ironed out, get a uh, job figured out. Because wait, wait, I, wait. I so, did not figure out anything before I got here. Do you estimate that I was on Free Talk Live before you? I think so. Okay. Yeah. That's uh, So I, for some for hmm. some reason, thought that you had been on prior to me because you'd been here for yeah. years Which is why me. I assumed you made the move before I did. Uh, was because okay. you were already on Free Talk Live when I started. Yeah, I just got lucky. Right? <laughs> So yeah, you no, basically I, found out about the Free State Project, mm-hmm. and you packed up your stuff and, and left yeah, as soon I, as possible. Uh, I, I was listening to uh, Stefan Molyneux at the time, oh, and okay. uh, uh, he puts all of uh, the episodes where he's being interviewed on his own uh, podcast, and mm-hmm. uh, for some reason he'd managed to uh, forget to clip out the commercials oh. uh, on the podcast version of this show. So I heard your voice talking about uh, the Free State Project. The and Free I'm like, State Project. The blah, blah, blah. What? Right. Because I had absolutely ah. never heard of this, ever. And Which, I was a little bit angry that uh, running in the circles that I did, that I had, no one had ever mentioned that this It existed. was the best kept secret of the libertarian movement <laughs> it's for a long is. time. It yeah. may still be. I'm I, not sure. I just want to say this to anybody out there who's listening that has a show of any kind, podcast, video show, TV show, I don't, you know, whatever. You've got a show of some kind. It would behoove you 
to, and I think you do this as well. I know Stefan Molyneux does it. I think you do this as well, where almost anything you do, any interview you've had, you have a copy of it, you've yeah. downloaded, and you post up on like the Freaking site or I on usually the just drop it in the Free Talk Live podcast feed. Right. And yeah. so this is what you should do. So if you're out there and you have a show and you're not doing this, start doing mm-hmm. it. Mm hmm. Yeah, it's a great idea. Uh, so yeah, as soon as it's I better heard about, for uh, freedom if you do that. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. So as soon as I heard, wait, you're gathering the anarchists. Yeah, when is my lease up? Right. So and yeah. how long was it between? Oh, when... it, was, it wasn't long. Oh, it wasn't good, long. convenient. Yeah. Right. Uh, so yeah, just uh, uh, did you drive? You drove a van, didn't yep, you? Yeah. Yep. Uh, uh, got a van, packed uh, all of my belongings into it, and uh, just headed right up, uh, completely sight unseen. I love it when that works. Nice. For... So all have... three of us then had yeah, never didn't have, visited. Uh, any contacts? Yeah. Didn't yeah. have a job figured out. Didn't have my housing situation figured out. It's like okay, look, I've got at least a place to to keep the rain off my head. And for you a did come while. up during summer months right right yes yeah, so. oh he went totally commando though like you and i had some things figured out like you had the radio well, yeah, show going on radio show up, right so. yeah and you were like this is when i'm moving the radio show and myself yeah. we're gonna do this i had my job situation dialed in the job that i worked for uh like it was time for a review overdue and they were like yeah. i asked for a ridiculous raise they were like <laughs> but they did come back and they're like, is there any intangible benefits mm-hmm. that we could give you to keep you around? And I'm like, yeah, you give me my wings. I want to mm-hmm. go remote full time. They were like, done. Okay. I'm like, okay, after Sweet. five years of working for them. So I had that worked out. So I knew I had an income and I knew I had like a Seattle, Washington level income, right? Mm-hmm. Which when I lived on that income in Seattle, I was poor. Mm-hmm. Right, like barely yeah. making ends meet. Seattle but will I, make you poor. I kept that same income, and I moved here, and I rented like a two-bedroom townhouse mm-hmm. for this, like less than I was paying for a tiny studio. All of a sudden, you're eating steak, and yeah, I'm like, <laughs> I, I go out to the bar because I didn't have my stuff. It took a while for my stuff yeah. to show up, so I had like this two-week period of time where I'm sleeping on the floor of the kitchen, right? And like I had no stuff, and I didn't want to buy new stuff because I had stuff coming. Yeah, sure. So I went out to eat every night, and it mm-hmm. gave me a chance to sort of explore you know, the keen area. Right. So I would go out to a new bar or restaurant every night. Mm-hmm. And I was constantly surprised at like how cheap it was. Like I would go uh, compared uh, to Seattle. I would have, yeah. Compared to Seattle, I would go right. out and I would have, you know, the most expensive thing on the menu, a couple of cocktails <laughs> and my bill would be like $35. Now, this and, was four years ago, so, so four years ago, but not, like, does not apply today. That same bill would have been 55 65 bucks yeah, in the yeah. Seattle area. Now, so now that bill would be 55 65 bucks here, here. and say 100 in Seattle. Maybe, Correct. Yes. Uh, Keen has sort of, over the four years that I've lived in this area, come mm-hmm. up to the previous Seattle level. So mm-hmm. I've, I've lived through, if you will, the arbitration value of the the time frame so Mm -hmm. if my income has stayed the same throughout this entire process it hasn't but like let's just say it did if it had had, Mm -hmm. like i would have realized the full value already as of probably last year Mm -hmm. so at this point it now costs me as much to live in the keen area as it did in the seattle area five years ago right yeah, the one and only thing that I did have set up, uh, I had my massage therapy license for Colorado, so I had to go through all the paperwork to get that uh, get that recognized here. Didn't they pass something this year that would recognize other licenses from other states? Well, I mean, as they far as I know, did. they already did. Uh, the The issue usually is just that certain states have different requirements. Mm-hmm. Um, I would not have been able to get that in Hawaii or New York. Right. Uh, and... 
other than that, Colorado has the highest level of required hours of proven massage in order to get okay. the license, and that's usually the big uh, hurdle for getting uh, from yep. one state to another is you have to prove that you have X number of hours. Right. But, uh, yeah, that is the one thing that I had figured out was I got my license figured out before I came out here. I, I got to hand it to people like you who have been able to just literally pick up. Yeah, you just went commando the whole Throw way. everything <laughs> into a, a car or a van and then just drive and then figure it all now, out when they get here. I, I don't recommend that. I also that. don't advocate that. Right, yeah. Because we have seen people fail at oh, that particular yeah. attempt it's, over the years. And but there have been people who've made it work. And the, the guys who've made it work have really kind of stuck it out like they've been good it is about staying power. it is about the will and the attitude though like mm-hmm. people come here sometimes and they just kind of expect freedom to be kind of handed to them mm. like it's already here no. and they're like oh where's the freedom at where can project, i go bro like like no 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 there's, work, there's work involved we you know you're here to help us grow this thing mm-hmm. not to just you know revel in you know the the successes that have been so far and so i think that People with the wrong attitude coming here will suffer the demise. We don't encounter those people really very often. There was there Not was a couple of them Keen, a but decade I, ago, but they yeah. I suspect that it happens more frequently to people who go towards like Manchester, Nashua, you know the the city area, particularly if you're coming from another sort of city area. Mm. Now you should realize if you're coming from a big city, Boston, mm-hmm. Seattle, whatever, New York, Chicago, like you know, Oklahoma, Tulsa, right? Like, I mean, these are big cities compared to Manchester. Manchester is only like 100,000 or so. I think it's 125. Okay, so. But it is small. So, like, you should immediately realize savings if you're coming from a big city, a city bigger Mm -hmm. than Manchester, Mm -hmm. to anywhere in New Hampshire. You should see some arbitrage and cost of living and that kind of thing, even though. (sighs) The rent is terrible. Well, it is, but not as terrible as the big cities Mm. by any stretch of the imagination. New Hampshire is still relatively inexpensive compared to everywhere else. So um, uh, my point is that, like, I recently uh, have made several attempts to uh, get some folks who are intending to move somewhere, anarchist types, right? They're, like, Mm. looking for a better way, you know, and been like, New Hampshire, you know, one Mm -hmm. of the reasons film, you know, handed out, you know, some stuff or whatever. And the response is, New Hampshire is too expensive. Which I get if you're trying to buy a place. Mm, yeah. Right? Like that, it, yes. I, except if you want to go north where it's still inexpensive. You can still get, you know, five acres for 50, 60 grand, mm-hmm. you know, in the north country if you want to be isolated and, you know, off grid. If you can work remotely like and you don't mind being, co- you know, it being a little colder, then that's a, that's an option. Yeah. Well, the- but, but like the people who live in places that are already less expensive than New Hampshire like there's yeah. just no convincing them to come to the shire regardless mm-hmm. like just based on expense right if you're talking from a numbers perspective of how you're trying to get them to come even berlin is up way more than what it was yeah. a decade ago yeah. like you used to be able to get like a 3 unit or 4 unit multiplex in berlin for like 30 or 40,000 dollars now they need a little 60, work 70 i don't know man i'm <laughs> I don't see much under a hundred right now. There's a lot of hundred and fifties. I mean, I'm not looking at what types of sure. houses, but yeah. there's a lot over a hundred now in Berlin. I was just talking about acreage, right? Like, okay. you know, if you wanted to get something and do your own thing, uh, the North Country, you know, mid to North, you know, New Hampshire is where. Yeah, I think you mentioned uh, the lack of zoning restrictions in some of these areas. Uh, and that there kind are of some of those, yeah. So, but the difficulty is in some of these places you can't get high speed internet still. 
They're so rural that it just doesn't exist. So, right. well, uh, I, I understand Starlink. Starlink's a thing now. Is is a thing now. So that might be a problem that you can overcome uh, if you're willing to spend to acquire the Starlink package uh, at your off-grid property. But you know, and then you can drill a well and put in a septic system if one doesn't already exist. Many New Hampshire properties have these things, but when these properties are sold, they're sold as um you know as is we won't you know yeah. do any testing or repair so if they don't work it's not on us it's on you so yeah, the, you got to be careful about that stuff yeah the biggest things in the positive direction that i've seen out here though uh number one the groceries just the very simple fact of not having the tax on them has made a huge impact i don't like the meal tax because i'm like but these are groceries no, no, they're not. They are cooked. It doesn't That's not matter. How the government work. shouldn't be able to steal more because somebody cooked the groceries. Well, the government shouldn't be able to if, steal if I anything. Buy, but. If I buy a rotisserie chicken from the deli, there's no meal tax on it. But if I go to Bob's Smoked Chicken Emporium, which doesn't exist, and buy a rotisserie chicken, that is meal tax. Yeah, it's kind of like a value-added tax which that is, they have in a lot of countries. First of all, taxation is dumb. Yeah. Right. Regardless well, of whether evil. it's theft and evil and extortion, taxation is dumb uh, because it treats everything unfairly across the board. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, but, I was just looking. Yeah, at the it. other the other one is uh, the gas prices are way better here than they were in uh, in Denver, and always mm. are. Yeah, than Seattle too. Yeah. I was just looking at Berlin here on Zillow dot com, which is one of those real estate yep. sites, and I remember looking at this several years ago, and it was. Most houses were under a hundred thousand. Now, if you yeah. filter by a hundred thousand being the maximum price, you get two houses. One of them's an as is, so it's a real fixer upper, if not a terror downer. Yeah, and uh, and then, then the other one is ninety seven thousand, so just under a hundred. Most of them are in the like hundred and fifty plus range at this yeah. point. So, if you are a handy person, yeah. if you're good at like you know cutting and sawing and gluing and caulking and mm-hmm. you know all these kinds of things or car repair uh, or, or <laughs> automotive yeah or automotive repair like there is a market for your services here you can make out like a bandit because you could get into mm-hmm. a $90,000 house for example uh you know throw some time and money into it while you live there and then turn around and sell it for two three times what you've got into it depending on the location well, also, there's, as I understand it, there's. We were just talking about licenses earlier. There is no license for a contractor in right. New Hampshire, right. so you can just get into that business, and you don't have to ask anyone's permission. Right. Um, anyway, yeah, and, we have we have way fewer uh, uh, licenses in general for for various occupations. Yeah, and hopefully we're going to see that getting reduced over time Jeez. as we're more, on it. more we're free staters are getting elected. As I mentioned, I think it was earlier this year. You seem to think it was earlier than this year, but. I remember hearing something earlier this year that they got some sort of new law in that says that if you have if you move here from another state and you have a license that is licensed that yep. is licensed in New Hampshire oh, so as you well. Don't have to, so you don't have to run the paperwork to get the uh, the New Hampshire license to be recognized. It's that's it's just like, what I heard. It's like mm. the reciprocal concealed carry license, right? Mm. Right. Nice. It's like that. It's reciprocal professional licensure. Yeah, if I think Sununu signed that. Therapy, uh-huh. Yeah, no, it's done. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I'm pretty sure it's it's a done deal. So if you move here with a license for something, right? Welding. Uh, you know, uh, pharmacy, uh, TV repair, you know, whatever. I'm trying to think of the list of the Sally Struthers <laughs> things that you could buy the online courses for back in the day. Mm-hmm. Like any of those things that require a license. If you have one already in another state, you move here, you already have that license here. They recognize that as you might have to go and, 
you know, be like, yeah, hey, I, don't I live know if here you have now to... and can, you know, I need to exchange this somehow. Yeah, I don't know if you have to I do don't... that or you can just show your license from Florida yeah. or whatever and you're good to go. But do uh, your own diligence. But yes, they yeah. did pass that, to my knowledge, and like it's active. Whereas if you, as we learned uh, with the latest, what was it, last year, that hurricane that just wiped out, uh, it was Fort Myers Beach mm. in Florida just completely flooded yeah. the place. And there were contractors that went down there from all over to help people clear their properties and fix their roofs and things like that. And they were facing criminal felony charges for going down there. Because they weren't licensed. Right, because they didn't have the Florida license. And it wasn't like you could just call up some emergency licensing line and get some kind of temporary authorization to help somebody clear out the debris from their yard. No, you had to apply and then wait for however many weeks or months This is how evil the government is, everybody. Uh, People went down to this hurricane-ravaged area to help other humans human beings in need right to help them yeah. rebuild right and they did so and they offered their services or their goods uh, to these people these people voluntarily agreed to accept their goods and services and yet the state came down on them and said no you can't do this here this is illegal even though they'd already done it right this is illegal here we are going to prosecute you now mm-hmm. for having done this humanitarian aid yep. right we're prosecuting you for being a human the quote-unquote yeah. free state of florida by the way yeah it reminds Fake. me of the people who get ticketed for feeding the homeless right which is a tremendous also, problem. that has happened in florida yeah. a bunch of times arrested not oh, just yeah. ticketed but they actually were arresting people in orlando and this was like 15 years ago yeah. i think it's been sooner than that well, it's probably done it it's since done. then, yeah. yeah, but I remember we talked about it yeah. like 15 years ago. Yeah, I'll definitely plug Food Not Bombs. They do some amazing work of, no, we're going to go ahead and feed homeless people even we'll though anyway. yeah. you keep giving us tickets. That's exactly and who we it was. we just keep showing up. We will take the eighth ticket and the ninth and the tenth. Yep. We are going to be good to our fellow humans even when you punish us for it. So uh, that was all us talking about moving here to New Hampshire. We actually have Dave Ridley on the line, who's also an early mover. And responsible for a whole bunch of people moving here. Yeah, and and his Ridley Report, as we've announced recently, has come back. So if you used to enjoy the Ridley Report, you can now enjoy it again. I believe he's released at least a couple or three episodes within the last week at RidleyReport.com. He's also on Odyssey Username Ridley Report there. Uh, And Ridley has some comments here, so we're going to bring him on here in just a moment. The number is 603-283-6160, and he's been here even longer than I have. I've been here for 17 years as of this weekend as part of the Free State Project. He moved, I think, in like 2003 or 2004. We'll find out uh, coming up here in moments. One of the, I think, first 50 movers, if not first 15 uh, movers. we got more coming up here. This is Free Talk Live. a free talk live supporter of our amps program and you can join am i free to go he or she is doing is that uh, a m i or like M-P-R-E-A-D-I, yeah it's all one period i period am i free to go uh and you can join that person by joining over at amps.freetalklive.com that is our patreon it's five bucks a month that's what am i free to go is doing 
and it helps us advertise, market, promote, and support Free Talk Live. So if you appreciate the mission that we have here on the show, then you can join Am I Free to Go at amps.freetalklive.com. You get some perks as well. If you don't care for Patreon, and there's reasons to not, to not like Patreon, uh, you can join through our Odyssey channel over at video.freetalklive.com. And the difference is... With Odyssey, you're going to be supporting Odyssey with whatever fee that they charge. Mm -hmm. Odyssey also charges their fee on top of the $5, so we actually receive the full $5, and Odyssey is like, you know, gets whatever... They charge you 20 cents or whatever it is. 20 or something. Some amount goes to the credit card company and and so on. Uh, So if you you want to do that, you will also get special access to the Odyssey chat room, which is, as of uh, last week, has now gone to members-only yeah. chat. Mm. I saw a post so. in there like, hey, uh, where is everybody? How come this chat is so civil? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, because yeah. you actually have to pay to chat mm-hmm. here. Yep. Yeah. It's, it's a nice change. Always one of my favorite combinations. Am I free to go? Am I being detained? I was thinking yeah. somebody recently in one of the chats was talking about, uh, and I know this seems weird to some people particularly me uh, they want to pay the state for the privilege of having a vanity license plate mm-hmm. right uh, but i think the character limit is seven so you could do m i f r the numeral two, two and then g o and i i wonder if somebody's taking that m i f r two go okay right i think there's lookups where you can search and see if somebody else yeah there is it's on the I don't want to recommend a state-based website, but, you know, yeah, there you it is. You got to that way. All yeah. right, let's go to Dave Ridley. He's on the line with us from RidleyReport.com. Uh, Dave, what's on your mind tonight? And, and by the way, I know you were calling for a different reason, uh, but if you don't mind telling us, when did you move to uh, New Hampshire? Dave? Dave? Oh, my bad. You were muted. Now we have you. Ah, there we go. Go ahead. If you don't mind telling us again. Or can, you, can you hear me? Can you hear me? We, hear, we hear you now. No, okay. Yeah, August of 4th. Oh four, okay, August of oh four. So that's uh, two years before I made the move. I don't even know what I was doing in oh four. Do you know? At one point, the Free State Project did hand out mover numbers. Do you recall what number you might have been? I think I was number fifty, roughly. Okay, fifty. Wow. Not bad at all. Congratulations. Yeah. OG uh, Ridley. So you just <laughs> celebrated your nineteenth year here in New Hampshire. I did. Yeah, I guess so. Yep, you did. Because I'm doing 17 doesn't, here, and you were here two doesn't years Doesn't sound like me. he celebrated. But, well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, anyway. Uh, have a blowout for the big 2-0 next year. Yeah. So, uh, in fact, I know that Bonnie actually did an interview of you this weekend, and you, you guys actually did talk in detail about your move to New Hampshire and, you know, kind of what came before that and, and so on. So that, I believe, Bonnie is planning on releasing on the Free Talk Live podcast so those of you who are subscribed to the Free Talk Live podcast will receive a uh, apparently an in-depth, like approximately hour-long, 45 minutes, somewhere in that range, uh, interview of uh, of Dave Ridley. So very, very cool stuff that is to come whenever it's ready, which hopefully will be- I'm looking forward to it. Just yeah, in the next the, week. The historical perspective on this, just because, and like Dave just said, he moved here in 04. There's so many people that have moved here since I moved here. I moved mm-hmm. here in 2019, and a lot of those folks probably- don't have like the historical picture of right. the activism that happened that got you know even people who moved here four years ago to to move here much less them moving here and so I think it's very important for something focusing mm. on the history of the activism to uh, be published. Yeah, I think that's what her intention is uh, with this particular series she's working on. Uh, so, really, what were you calling about tonight? Well, uh, one of the few good things to come out of COVID. Uh, in New Hampshire 
uh, was the creation of an organization called, it's currently called rebuildnh.com. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was re-something initially, and then they changed it. Restarting? Uh, what was it? Reopen. Reopen, that's what yeah. it was. Thank you. Reopen, and then it became rebuild. Uh, what are they up to now? So they've stayed active, and um, what they, uh, they're kind of like the New Hampshire Liberty Alliance, except they're focused, you know, just on, it seems like just on health freedom and the freedom to stay open during pandemics, you know, basically that kind of thing. Yeah. Maybe there's some other stuff they do, but that's the stuff I, I think that they're focused on. Um, and um, the uh, uh, they they released a, a notice recently that I guess there is a, going to be a special election that they think is uh, really important because of the, I guess the New Hampshire House right now is pretty closely divided between Republicans and Democrats. So one seat actually makes a fairly large difference right now. Okay. So they have, they have sent out a questionnaires to both candidates that I guess got through their primaries. Uh, one candidate answered, uh, Jim, uh, Guzowski, I think is how he pronounces it. Mm-hmm. Me on the movie with Dr. Polsku. <laughs> I'm, I'm not sure exactly how he pronounces it, but okay. the um, other candidate did not answer. So they've endorsed Guzowski, and uh, I think the election is on the. I think it's on the 19th of September. Mm-hmm. So this will slightly uh, probably change the balance of power in the state house, according to Melissa Vlasic, uh from. Uh, from reopening H. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's good to know. I mean, I think they have done overall, I think they've done some good work. There were some questionable things that the organization did at, uh, at one point. I'm trying to recall exactly what it was that was kind of like a disappointment. I think they were, I think at one point they advocated the use of government force and, uh, and some of the, the people who had been fans of that organization were, kind of disappointed by that and i'm sorry i don't remember exactly what it was that they wanted the government to uh to mandate i think it was like they wanted to the the government to mandate that people uh running businesses would have to like couldn't fire somebody over their refusal to get a right. get a um uh a test or something like that right because right? remember there was a time when certain businesses whether they're right or wrong to make this decision, certain yeah. businesses were telling their employees, you have to get the shot or whatever. Or to be tested to, every day before yeah. you come in or whatever. Yeah, whatever Some, the requirement yeah. was. And uh, Reopen NH uh, kind of abandoned the whatever principle that it that seemed like they might have had as far as government non-interference. They then wanted government to interfere in those businesses that didn't have their particular viewpoint. And I found that to be... Uh, kind of distasteful, but overall, I think they do tend towards the the right choices. Yeah, you can't use government to force people to uh, somebody's will, and then use the government to force it to somebody else's will, and think that it's good. You have to allow free will to occur. Well, unfortunately, it seems like conservatives don't understand that. <laughs> no, they don't. And uh, that's what you know was made crystal clear. I think to some. But people. it's okay when we point guns at people. Yeah. Yeah. Just not uh, when they do. Ridley, thanks for the call tonight. I appreciate hearing from you. And check him out at Ridley Report on Odyssey. Keep it up, man. Uh, the number, again, he's putting up fresh content. He's been doing some ambush interviews, Love as it. they are called, where he just goes to some government bureaucracy or, you know, town meeting, et cetera, and stands outside with a video camera and just hits them with hard questions when they come in or out, which is just fun stuff. So be sure you check that out. Uh, but yeah, the. 
Yeah, I wanted to say that uh, since we were talking about the process of moving here, like sure. if you have any ability of extroversion at all, I would definitely suggest come down to the Pork Fest uh, and just meet people left and right. Get some contact information for the people that you you know enjoy conversing with mm-hmm. that live here. You know, set up your social network so that you have that before you get here because that does take a while to set up once you get here. It does. Yeah, it does. It definitely helps to meet people in advance. There's no doubt about it. Although the three of us, we did not we did not visit prior to moving here and we've gotten connected pretty well too so like it's yeah, not it hard took, to do it, it, it took a minute though it, it honestly does take a little while to, to uh, get your bearings once sure you, get you gotta get here. to know people yeah. and i mean i feel spoiled because establish rapport like mm-hmm. i didn't really know anyone and then like i fell into this show four months later mm-hmm. and then that sort of accelerated my personal network of you know freedom-oriented people oh so, you're the captain so people right. say that stuff and like way more people know who i am than i know who they are even though i've yeah, met a bunch of these people i forget names all the time i'm sorry to you personally if when i meet you i go who the hell are you again yeah, uh, yeah. don't <laughs> take it going, personal it's going to happen don't take it personally yeah. but yeah like i feel like i i got on the accelerator network as a I result see. of being on this show that being said i still don't feel like my network is all that big it could be bigger some people probably hate you because you're on this show too so you may have established and i mean some if you're if well. you're not if you don't have any haters you ain't doing it right. <laughs> that's true <laughs> I mean, and i'm used to that from being in bands i mean okay i was in a band called pure hatred yeah for <laughs> a, a really long time a decade or so and like before being canceled was a phrase mm-hmm. Um, we tried to uh, do some shows. We tried to get on the USO, right? The government uh, thing. The government thing, right? Go Military. play for the troops or whatever, yeah, right? Yeah. This is, I mean, I was still statist at the time. Right. When we were trying right. to do this, but they were like, no, we can't have you. We can't have anybody on that like promotes hatred and divi-. And I'm like, we're not. Prom- Don't you bomb people? Like, yeah. <laughs> like, I'm like, I'm like, first of all, we're not called like racist well, yes, hatred but- we're not called like you know uh you know ethnic hate we're called pure hatred which is an emotion that i think every human on planet earth has experienced well of course they're killing people right? but diversely inclusively the and- irony right. about why we were trying to get on the uso is because uh we had uh, uh given uh, to like the bass players girlfriend's brother or something i don't know uh somehow he got a hold of one of our cds we have a song mm-hmm. on there called vacation with a gun and uh, you can find all that at CaptainKickass.com if you ever want to listen to any of that. Uh, but uh, the song is called Vacation with a Gun. And the Striker Brigade out of somewhere near Seattle, one of the bases over there, Fort McCord or one of the one of the bases, uh, they were running uh, maneuvers uh, in advance of being deployed to, like, the Middle East. So they're running maneuvers mm-hmm. in Washington State somewhere. And these guys, this whole Striker Brigade, they're cranking Vacation with a gun in their military wow. via their little tank things with the, the strikers themselves, okay. you know, and they're cranking these as they're practicing for war, right? And so it was this guy who was like, hey, man, uh, you know, the guys really love your tunes, and, you know, we're cranking it when we're doing maneuvers and stuff. Uh, you know, you guys should get on the USO because there's a bunch of people who'd come and see you. And sure. we're like, okay. And so that was in our application. We're like, hey, you know, <laughs> Bob Smith of we so were invited. And so yeah. said, you know, and he'd like to hear my metal band play, and here's a link to mm-hmm. our stuff, and blah, blah, blah. And they were like, canceled. <laughs> mm-hmm. Shut down. Yeah. 
Uh, so we were yeah, talking. I'm a, I, I'm, I'm a really big fan of the uh, the monthly new movers parties as far yeah. as uh, like once you Meeting get people. here. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't work for everybody, but I am actually a big fan of the idea of first move to Manchester, mm-hmm. then move wherever you're going. I mean, some people will stay in Manchester and that's great, but a lot of people, like if you're more family oriented, you might want to head out to the seacoast. You know, yeah. if, you, yeah. if you just kind of want to be further away from everything, you'll probably head north. Right. But uh, yeah, I'm a big fan of uh, like move there first and then move exactly where you want to go and yeah that's just a, a great way to make those uh, those social connections uh, get in touch with everyone and just really establish like okay what kind of people are here and who am I hanging out with yeah and also making that tour that you were talking about when you got here you mm-hmm. went and visited the seacoast and went to whatever social meetup they had and yep. you came out to Keene and you went to Manchester Taproom Tuesday and I don't know if there was anything in the North Country at the time, but I think there might be now. Um, so you know, you can there go to. There was f- not. I, yeah. I, I extensively relied on still? the uh, on the the community uh, uh, calendar. This mm. is the Free State Project. Uh, it's fsp.org/calendar. You can go and look there. I mean, it's nice to come up for Porkfest, but if you, you know, if you're working or whatever and you can't do that, you come up any old time, and mm. there's always stuff to do. There's yeah. always a ton of stuff. On that calendar. We have that happen at our uh, social Sundays frequently where somebody is sort of on tour, right? They, mm-hmm. They've come yeah. to New Hampshire to a German guy try and recently. figure it out. And so they go to, you know, they'll come to Social Sunday in Keene. They'll go to Taproom Tuesday and yep. they'll go to, you know, whatever, the different market days that right. happen in the different areas and whatever's on the calendar. Uh, and they'll often show up at Social Sunday and be like, oh, I've been here and I've right. been there and I've met these guys. And they said that I should come here if I'm coming out this way. And where should I go now? And all this kind of stuff. Yeah. It's fun. It yeah, is. Easily my best life decision. By far, because there is absolutely nothing like having an actual community of people that see exactly what's going on and are perfectly willing to learn about everything and come up with ideas and are and just don't have that blinder on of the government always being a solution rather than really the problem. I remember that dude Kirby coming up to Fork and Pork. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, listener of the show, and 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 sometimes caller. Yep. Uh, and he and I'm trying to remember the guy's name. He was just here recently too. Yeah. Him Scott. And his wife. Uh, yeah, Scott. Yeah. Uh, they came up, and uh, the question was asked to Kirby, like, "Why did you come? Right? What? Mm-hmm. Fine. Like they came from like Indiana, I think, or yeah. something like that." Yep. And he was like, "I just wanted to see if this was real." <laughs> That's right. <laughs> right? Yeah, I remember and like, that. Like to some extent, I had been listening to Free Talk Live, and yeah. you know, I've been exposed to like Molyneux and a bunch of other podcasts, and you know, people doing content, and you know, anarchist thinkers and mm-hmm. speakers, at least people speaking out against the state. And I was like, I heard about all this stuff. And I had a list of like multiple locations in the world. It wasn't just limited to the United States that mm-hmm. I might try and go to. And I decided to come here first because it was the first place that I heard of where something was going on. Right. And also the idea of the Free State Project, I think, resonated with me because if you think back to sort of, you know, the founding fathers of the United States, like that's kind of what they did. They wanted to declare their independence from an oppressive ruling force and be free of all that to make all their own decisions themselves. Sure. And that's what I want. Yeah. So, and so I, you know, I was like, uh, all right, I was making Seattle money. I got my wings. I was able to come and I was like, you know, if I don't like it or it turns out to not be something, I can always leave. Right. Yeah, that's so they, true. If you don't like it, you can leave. Well, I mean, this was my thought. Process. Plenty of people have coming to the free state. If been you a lot will. of people who moved here and, and they like, left. I got here. I'm like, no, this is totally real. And I'm with you. Easily the number one decision. Yeah. 
Like, yeah, I I no shudder regrets. to imagine what going through the lockdown would have been like if I'd stayed in Denver. Oh God! Yeah, same I, thing with Seattle. Um, that must have been oh, horrible. I, I I so feel like still to this day that I got out in the you nick just of time. dodged it too in yeah. the nick of time. Yeah. I mean, I had like a One six year? eight month yeah, yeah. window where like the tyranny wasn't you know super oppressive. I showed somebody a friend of mine back in Seattle uh, the video of the uh, the protest at the uh, the local co op here. Oh the, yeah, yeah, right. I showed them that video, and their response was like, "I'm pretty sure you'd get shot for something <laughs> like that in Seattle right now," <laughs> because it was mid COVID lockdown, yeah, was, all yeah. that kind of stuff. That was actually 2021, but yeah, some some places were still locked down. Yeah, uh, let's go to the phones here. We got a caller on the line. Caller, you're on Free Talk Live. Go ahead. Hey Ian, hey uh, membership is best. I mixed my labor with the Odyssey chat. Uh, Squidward, let me suspend it. Huh? What about like uh, the Lions Club or uh, that kind I, of a I said, thing? Um, I'm talking about the Odyssey chat. Membership is theft. I mixed my labor with the Odyssey chat. Let me secede it. No. <laughs> what were, so, what were so, you talking about? I mean, this may shock you, but the Odyssey chat is not actually nature. <laughs> Whoa. Yeah, I know. I know. It's wild. Boy. It's wild. You actually have to have a thing be nature in order for mixing your labor to legitimately mean that you own it. I think Sylvester's calls are getting progressively yeah, it's, less it's intelligent. That's yeah, true. There's no such thing it's as a citizen, uh, Skeeter. I know that this may be hard for you to understand, but uh, there's a definition yeah. to citizen. Do you know what it is? Yeah, it's privileges of a citizen versus the cost of a citizen. You cannot de- define a word by using the word, Skeeter. Yeah, well, you can define the word and see if it applies to anything in reality. I asked that you to define what a citizen is, and you proceeded to yeah. use the word citizen twice in your explanation of what oh, a citizen okay, is. You, you ready? So yeah. citizenship is a contract. It, it, it entails privileges given to the, per, the person applying for citizenship and costs, which is uh, closely the taxation and uh, following the rules. And the privileges are not... Uh, are, uh, Included but not limited to uh, what's your, national defense. What's, con- where are you reading this definition from? Protection, yeah, it sounds like he's reading. Constitutional protection, from security, where? deep credit that comes with it. Yeah, you are reading. Of owning, he he was st- he stalled for owning, just long enough to where he could look up. Where are you reading <laughs> it from? Where are you reading this from? What's your source? I, I wrote it. This is this is the, uh, the author Skeeter Skeet. Okay, so privileges of owning. Well, I don't recognize you as US a language territory. defining authority. <laughs> This is this is my own writing. What 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 do you have against me reading my own writing? Okay, uh, so we asked up. you for privileges the definition of, of citizen. He is giving a definition. I'm He's claiming that there's you. certain privileges in return for giving up of rights. Isn't that what you said? Yeah. Okay, and you were yeah, you were listing true. the privileges, and one of them was yeah. military protection. Uh, let me let me just complete the list before you criticize that. Okay, so privileges of owning and living on land within U.S. territory as well as direct access to the economy and the network within uh, with other citizens and local we'd always we'd be able to do all of that stuff without uh, the government we would be able to own land we would be able to network we'd be able to do all of those things without the government and the general definition of citizen uh, if you look it up in like a law dictionary or most dictionaries is one who owes a duty of allegiance in return for an obligation of protection which is a very different terminology than certain privileges so he agrees with this definition no he doesn't he's talking about privileges no you yeah, would you agree yeah, that there's? That, would you agree that uh, there there is no obligation for the government to provide anything to you? 
Oh no, they have obligations. Trust me, you can sue them for okay. uh, not according to them. They violation of constitutional rights. Sue in in that case, you can sue them for property rights. They protect your. They even protect your radio air rights. Okay. (laughs) So, (laughs) if anything, they have actually done none of that. There is no example you can point to and say this specific right has, in every case at least attempted to be protected. There's just no case of that. And by their system, they don't owe that to you. Thank you for the call tonight. Yeah, thanks, Stuart. Uh, The number here is 603-283-6160. Is that like Stuart from The Simpsons? Or or no, Beavis and Butthead? Like, sure, yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah, (laughs) why not? Yes, that's what I meant. (laughs) (laughs) I I just don't like calling him his, his chosen name because... Yeah, uh, he, he called from a different it. number. Yeah, he hasn't earned it. Mm. He called from a different number tonight because we have his number programmed sure. in, so we normally see yeah. his name pop up. That's why I didn't call him by. Uh, his Nikki name. called him Squidward on Sunday, so <laughs> I was like, "Oh, Squidward, <laughs> Stuart, Sylvester." You yeah, know. the fact Anything is, starts with an ass, I'll I, call him. I mean, this bears repeating because there's always new people tuning in. But go yes, and let's, search. let's lay this out: the definition yeah. of citizen. Yeah, the definition is one who owes a duty of allegiance in return for an obligation of protection. Wouldn't duty be like the same, like a duty of allegiance for a duty of protection? That's another way to say it, yeah. I, sure. I think that's what I remember obligation the, the and Mark duty Stevens are, definition of yeah, citizen. Yeah, obligation and duty are pretty much interchangeable, okay. pretty much synonyms. Uh, so the idea is the people calling themselves the state provide you with protection right an obligation of protection in return for, yeah in return for your allegiance to them meaning right. you will do the things that they say to do you'll follow their rules and their system in return they will protect you but uh, all you have to do is a simple internet search okay just look for no obligation to protect right. or no duty to protect and you will find multiple Supreme Court, U.S. Supreme Court cases, including Warren versus District of Columbia, but many more, uh, where the Supreme Court has ruled time and time again that there is no obligation to protect. And they have no obligation to protect you. They have no liability for not protecting you because they have no obligation to protect. So you and, cannot sue them. You could try, but it'll get kicked out of court. Yeah. And these rulings apply to the largesse, all of the government institutions. As I understand the legal ruling. The only time that is there is an exception, as I understand it, is if you are a ward of the state. Meaning right. that if you are like in their facility. Foster care. Yeah, foster care or maybe a prisoner or something You've like that. You've been committed to a state institution for right. mental illness. You're a ward of the state. They have an obligation to try to keep you alive because you are money for that organization. A prisoner. Right. Prisoners, people in facilities or whatever, they get more money if you are there mm-hmm. for a longer period of time. So they have an interest. It's not really a real strong interest. Like, they're not going to give you the best medical care in the world. They're probably not going to be very attentive to you. Healthy, just yeah. not dead. Yeah. I mean, unless your name I is mean, Epstein. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> there are exceptions. Yeah, if your name is Epstein, they have no obligation to protect even in their custody. But yeah, no. If they could get uh, if they could get just as well paid for your corpse, they'd have your corpse. They there. sure would. Well, they might still have the obligation. They just weren't very good at it that day. <laughs> but as far as protecting you when you are not in their custody, right? Then there is no such obligation, right? And so the the key things for libertarians, the key takeaways are: this applies to both police of any level. Uh, sheriff, whatever. Yeah, that's true. Right? And it also applies to the military, including the National Guard. Yep. 
Yeah, and the fact of the matter is that most people believe that uh, the property ownership can only be done by the government. What the government does is it gets us to all act as though we agree that property is yours. Now, A, we can do that voluntarily most of the time, and B, by having a free market solution, we can actually have the enforcement of property much more effective than this version. And this mm-hmm. is why nothing happened to the guy that hid behind the car during that school shooting. No the duty cop to protect. That's yeah, right. that's right. Uh, there's more coming up here. You can join the show. That doesn't mean some of them won't. I mean, they might. Hey, they might be. A you don't have an obligation. Free Talk Live. Is Free Talk Live? You can join the show. Number here is 603-283-6160. Coming up later tonight, 1030 Eastern Time. These guys are back for... What do you mean, these guys? You two. Uh, Captain Kickass and Peakless Mountaineer will be here for an episode, the 52nd episode, if I recall correctly, of Beer yeah, Talk Live. It's taken us more than a year to do a year's worth of episodes. So that's true. That's how it goes. Well, it, some time it also takes us an hour and a half to watch 60 Minutes. Does it? No. Okay. It's a joke. Come on, man. <laughs> uh, I don't remember the last time I saw 60 Minutes. But okay, yeah, but like it, it shouldn't take show, you right? an hour and a half, right? <laughs> Unless you're pausing it and getting high in the middle of it, right? Hopefully you do that before. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't really seem like the kind of show that would mix with Although it does, really well. like, here's what I don't recommend. Don't smoke a bunch of marijuana and then watch nuclear war documentaries. Yeah. I've done that. Like and time. like... By the time... Why? Well, just... On Earth, would you think that was a good idea? I I didn't, but, like, I wanted to smoke the marijuana, and my (laughs) friend Jim was just like, hey, I've got these documentary movies, and I'm like, okay, and we hit the bong a couple of times, and the movie, uh, you know, VHS, right, you know, and it just was on, and I was baked, and so once something like that happens, you're just sort of glued to the box, and then... You know, when, when it was over, I was just like, man, I, uh, I gotta go. <laughs> I think uh, this has been too much, you know, because like, yeah, you have a, I don't know, I had a, an experience. And, and you feel like a part of you is missing. I was just like, oh, the world really sucks, right? Yeah. I don't think I could deal with humans. Speaking of marijuana, there's some possibly good news coming out of the federal government about cannabis we'll tell you about it on the way here but let's go first to kevin he's on the line in florida in the tallahassee area listening to wvft fm go ahead kevin how you doing guys hey. it's great to hear you again what's I on really your mind? like listening to your shows welcome sir but it gets difficult when there's callers who don't have complete comprehension on some of the topics and it is always frustration uh, frustration involved with those calls. Like Stuart. Sure. Yeah. I, I do my best to listen and recognize that the lack of comprehension can be fixed. It can be, yeah. Um, I mean, certainly a will. ignorance is something that can be fixed. <laughs> it's a key component, though. That's you have to correct. People. And that's the important right. thing to these type of conversations, especially the guy, Squidward, Stewart, whatever you guys call mm-hmm. him. I've only heard him once or twice. Every Saturday, I do my best to be here to hear you guys. 
because it's always educational, and I really like some of the stuff that um, is going on with the free sire and the rest of the projects is going on with the pork people and so on and so forth. Yeah, the free, free state the project is, is the migration stuff. you're referring it's important. to. It is. But it is. his terms re- required me to call him. Okay. Because in order for him to completely comprehend the topics that he's discussing, he has to decide which jury he is going to limit himself to. Jury? Ten, yes. Seriously, jury. What is that? How do you spell Legal, it? Uh, G-U, not, excuse me, not, 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 uh, not uh, syllabic, but uh, not phonetic, but syllabic. Uh, J-U-R-A, Latin for jurisdiction, okay. uh, legal uh, speaking, gotcha. or words used, i.e., um, a lawyer speaking at court, for example, is speaking, and this is why they said the Queen's English back in the 16, 17, 18, and even in the 1900s, yep. versus, for example, common law. Because when you do the research, which hopefully he will do the research to be able to speak with you and educate some of the other listeners, even listening to him, I got educated on some things. But the purpose of knowing the terms helps define what you're attempting to discuss, okay? Whether it's territory, what's the etymology of the term? Mm-hmm. You don't, somebody just didn't wake up one morning and come up with the word, oh, I'm going to come up with this word territory. No, Terror. the word comes from a compound of Warfare, terrorism, and, well, either victory or when you go back to the terms Tory and Whig, that was part of wait, wait, wait. the usage so, of that term, territory. Territory yes, exactly. is a portmanteau? No. No, I'm I would sorry. Think you, from you, got, terra, you got some folk etymology going on upon, there, buddy. Yeah, I would guess it was from terra as in the earth. Uh, that yes, is one. you are correct. When okay. you're speaking of land, you are speaking of territory. But this is the very important thing. Remember that term we discussed? Oh, goodness. Well, a couple well, months before ago. you go yeah, on, Kevin. This has nothing to do with the Tories Kevin. of England. That has nothing yes, to do with the it, word territory. The, That's not where it came it, from. Where did it come from? But, uh, it comes but, from but Captain, terra and orium. Kevin, hold, the, hold that thought so you so Peakless can yeah. actually speak to you on this point. Yeah, I mean, I, I hear at a lot of folk at a moment. Sorry, go ahead. At least this is definition, because there are quite a few, when you use... The idem sonans, another Latin term for the idea, sounds the same. Okay, what were you going to say? Uh, okay, about so this yeah, no, you're right. Please it's continue. it's from Thank terra you. and ori, mm-hmm. uh, from orium meaning a place. So yeah, a place on earth is a territory. Yeah, it has nothing to do with terror. That is not the etymology yeah, of this has... particular word. But when you are in the jure of attorney. Which yeah, I couldn't, is what you I couldn't find jure either. J U R A? Maybe A E. Maybe A E. R A E. R A E. Okay. Correct. Sorry about that. It's jure, which is the term for what, what realm you're speaking in. Not realm as in this fantasy stuff, but you know, what what are the definitions of the boundary? For example, the court. For example, an economic situation. For example, like the professor just mentioned, with a land term, if you're discussing the contract to purchase land, 
you're not going to be using terms that have to do with growing food, for example, unless that's the purpose of the contract you're negotiating, right? Indeed. It is important to know the terms. If you uh, are not on the same definition as the other person you're speaking with, then you might as well not be speaking at all. Or when you go look at some of the other term definitions, you have, and this blew my mind when I found this word, there is actual a definition for the term utterance, U-T-T-E-R-A-N-C-E. It is an not necessarily old English, but it is a legal term that is used when one who is not being nice, competent to speak at the level of the officers of the court, they still accommodate the one speaking, as you guys accommodated your caller from earlier. As you accommodate me when I go on way too long and you have sponsors that you need to satisfy because of your contractual obligations to have this airtime. I found a definition of J-U-R-A in a legal dictionary that says it's the plural of just, J-U-S, just being law, right, power, or authority, or Mm -hmm. law in the abstract or as a system as distinguished from specific enactments. So J-U-R-A is the plural of just, J-U-S, like justice. And J-U-S, when you use that term, you have multiple compounds that you have, and you can find them also. Uh, For example, just gladius, G-L-A-D-I-U-S, which (laughs) basically led to duels in the 1700s. Or uh, this is another one, J-U-R-A-S-U-M-M-A-I-M, P-E-R-double-I, Jurassic But that's the term that's used to discuss the original jurisdiction, jure, of the creator. Versus, for example, what Stuart was attempting to combine. Can you kind of make a point here? Because I feel like we're just going off into uh, definitions land, and I'm not really sure I'm what you're trying hard to say. not to go that far. It's just that it's nice to listen to somebody who wants to make their point, Stuart, whatever. But if he can't speak in the right terms and define what his topic is, um, you just pointed out me trying to define all these terms. Right. Yeah, and I got to say, I'm completely against this. No, I think this is a terrible idea. What do you mean? Okay, so this is a bunch of legalese. And as far as I can tell, the Correct. purpose of legalese is to obscure the fact that they don't have any real legitimate authority. It makes them sound the like they know yes. all these things that you don't know, mm-hmm. when in fact mm-hmm. they don't. They're just using a different language. Yeah. They're using a more ancient form of English, so they do all sorts of wacky nonsense like saying oh a corporation is a person so a person isn't confined to one place and they don't need to breathe and they don't ever have to die so all of this i think is is obscuring the truth rather than making it clear so then people especially libertarians because we do have a tendency to do a lot of studying then we wander off into oh well this word means this and this word means this no none of it means any of that 
Thank a person you, actually is a human being. It's how we yeah. use the word person. Thank you for the call tonight, Kevin. I appreciate it. In human speech. Yeah. So if we start using these words in their way, yeah. that is just another way of having our own minds occupied by the language that they have determined is most powerful for them. Yeah, and this is uh, uh, the largest part of what I refer to uh, as the second set of books. Right. There's a certain set of, you know, laws, you know, dictates, whatever it is that uh, politicians will, you know, sort of write down and then that can get you arrested. Now, once you're inside of the system, there's this whole other language of legalese. Right. Mm -hmm. That is the second set of books, if you will, uh, that applies to you now that you are under their, quote, custody, unquote. Right. And so the understanding of that is key, is paramount, I think, to understanding how evil the system is because you're not subjected to those rules until you post arrest, right? You're, you're subjected to a bunch of other rules, but once you have been arrested and now you're under the custody of insert state organization here, uh, this second set of books now applies to you. Yeah. I, I am always extremely wary of any usage of Latin because it makes you sound intelligent and important and it gives you an air of authority that can be completely wrong. So if I start talking about your quadratus lumborum, ooh, that sounds special. But if I say your lumbar square, you're like my what? This muscle right here. Mm. Oh, well, now I sound like a peer, like I'm on the same level, mm-hmm. also figuring out reality instead of instead of some wizard who can Use Harry Potter speak to tell you how powerful my knowledge of your world is. Well, that's why if you've ever seen the Mark Stevens book, Adventures in Legal Land, yes. there's a judge dressed that. as a wizard on the front cover of that book. Yeah. And that's because they are literally using these words that are highfalutin, hard to define, mean different things than what uh, you know they would normally mean. That's a mean. book we should have had on the list whenever the caller called in a week mm. or two ago that said, hey, can you recommend some books? Like Adventures in Legal opener. Land mm. is an ideal book for those sort of just foraying into uh, libertarianism or you know what is the state. But yeah, yeah they definitely want to talk above people. They mm-hmm. want to have their own special language. Sounds like mm-hmm. the words that we say sometimes, but they don't mean the same things. The right. word person, of course, is a perfect example of that. It means so many different things in legal yeah, land. Or my favorite, in. In? In. As in I-N-N or I-N? No, in. Just the article in. Mm-hmm. Now, I am in this room, but in legalese, in means under the jurisdiction of. Right. Uh, okay. Yeah, so it sounds like it's the same word, but it means a completely different thing. Mm-hmm. So when I say, are you in New Hampshire, in human speech, that means, are you present, is your body located in the geographical location that we associate with New Hampshire? That's what that means in human speech. Yeah, what that legals. means in legalese is, are you under the jurisdiction of this corporate entity? Or are you part of the body politic of right. this particular corporate entity? Right. No, I am not. Right. So you mean completely different things, and that's that's the sneaky side of it. Mm-hmm. Now, the not sneaky side is when they start using bits of Latin, and that actually taps into uh, the old Catholic tradition where you would go to Mass, they would speak not one word that you understood, mm-hmm. but it all sounded very impressive because they were speaking Latin. And, oh, well, these, these men in robes, they are so wise and so knowing. Clearly, they have insight into God's will for my life. I must do everything that they tell tell me to do and it's the same trick 
It's the same trick of, I am not your peer. I am the authority over you. Mm -hmm. When, no, you're not. You are also trying to figure this out. And if you want to, you can pretend that you have figured life out. But that just makes you a liar. Or a lawyer. Mm. (laughs) Oh, but you repeat yourself. Right. It's all all matters of baffling us. I don't think that uh, all lawyers are bad. I want to make sure that that's clear. In fact, I think you guys are going to have a guest uh, in tonight who's studying to become a lawyer on... uh, Yeah, but he's not one yet. (laughs) So... And so I don't think they're all bad, but they do have to swear an oath to the system. They do have to become an officer of the court. And that's just part of the deal of becoming that particular but is it the, uh, job. The the tennis court, the ping pong court. Is it you know what court do they uh, have this to is the, uphold? The court of destroying people's lives. Hmm. Uh, that is so the federal and the state courts yeah, in this case. Okay. But uh, so I think I think you guys, at least my understanding of what you're saying is you're both right. Like we should not adopt their language. That right. is not a good idea. But on the other hand, we should know what they are saying when they say things. Should we? So we can at least understand what they're dangerous. saying. I think that's dangerous. I think that's extremely dangerous because you don't. You will think that you know what they're saying, mm-hmm. but then they'll have some random thing where like in means something completely different than what it means in human speech. Right. And yeah, those are two examples. There are many others. And there are way more examples that I don't know than examples that I do know. So I will think that I know what it, what it says when I have no idea You're what it says. You're saying a little bit of knowledge can be dangerous yes, in this area. That's exactly it, because mm-hmm. then you start thinking that you can uh, understand what they're actually understand even Mm, that's another one yeah 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 it's one of those magical words of oh you are under my standing i have authority over you now i don't know how much of that actually directly applies to their world and how much of that is just a a psychological technique to get people to Mm -hmm. imagine themselves under their heel but it works and man they flip out if they ask you if you understand something and you say something like i comprehend i'm aware i get it man they flip out if you don't they say don't that you always, understand they don't always flip out like, a lot more than they should like i really want like you know somebody to you know i don't know charge you know when they're going up against a parking ticket or something mm-hmm. like can you define in in this context please mm. because if you're saying that you know i'm in the geographic area commonly referred to as new hampshire i might answer one way but if you're saying am i in new hampshire is in do i recognize your authority over me uh, then my answer might be different. Well, Bonnie tried to get the parking enforcer to, I think, define what the state was factually. Right. She, she asked, "What is the?" I think she asked, "What is the city of Keene factually?" Yeah, yeah. Or something and like I think that. she just yeah. got a blank stare in response. Uh, are you in the habit of being employed by things you fail to comprehend whatsoever? It right. can be fun, though, Pickles. I mean, I get what you're saying about it could be dangerous because mm. you could get yourself into certain trouble or whatever. Because but it can also go, be oh, fun. You want to play? We'll yeah. play. Yeah. All also, you start thinking, oh, well, because it means this in legalese, then the policeman talking to me will definitely be using this. You don't no. know that. No, right? a good Maybe chance the police have be. no idea. Maybe they Very won't be. Right. So, yeah, no, it's incredibly dangerous, and the I ones, don't think it's worth the time to learn this stuff. The ones who play the word games are the attorneys and the judges. Those are the ones who play the word right. games. The police aren't even like educated on most of this stuff well so they get trained though they do get trained to use particular phrases of art Uh, they always use things like understand and subject subject, but on on the scale of uh legal verbal trickery uh they're the low man on the totem pole yeah like i mean you can already outthink them 
uh, just as I know you today. So, like, you know, um, it's not a very high bar to set. But when you get to the second level, now you're dealing with the attorneys of many years who have studied the linguistics mm. and the etymology of legalese, if you will. And it is a whole different language. It is like learning yeah. Latin or Spanish or some other foreign language. And you're right. They change the definitions. Uh, and that's why people, when they get attacked by the state, they go up against them. They try to defend themselves and they can't because they're using common definitions mm-hmm. and the state is not. Yeah. And that and that is one of the things. So the policeman may not understand the term of art that he's using. Some of them do. But most of the time they don't. But that doesn't matter. They are trained to use different phrases so that when the lawyer comes along, when the judge comes along, you have already agreed to something that puts you in a particular category in their own little secret language. So it's like, oh, no, you already agreed to this right here so we can go ahead and do this to you. Yeah, but you're assuming that just because they were trained, they're effective at using these things. And I contend that they're not very effective. Well, they are when they uh, they say, for instance, they pull somebody over and they have no probable cause to search the car, so they have to get your consent. They have the guns. They Well, they have guns, and that certainly helps their position. And the but, shiny badge. No mm-hmm. doubt, but they also have to get your consent, and so they will say one of these terms of art, I think is what you, you mm-hmm. use, uh, they will say something like, I'm going to have to ask to search the car, and they'll hold the, you know, put their hand on their gun or something like that, so... The, the statement itself is an honest statement in that he has to ask you if he can search. Mm-hmm. So he is asking. It doesn't sound like an ask. Right. It sounds like I have to yeah. search well, your car. I mean, the whole point of like a, a traffic stop or you know, a cop pulling you over for any reason is to put you under a state of duress. Sure. That's why the big flashing lights, the mm-hmm. giant, the giant, I mean, I don't know if you've seen how big the spotlights are now, how many lumens they're mm-hmm. using on these cop cars yeah. these days. They are they blind super you. bright, and they yeah. blind you, and they create a whole bunch of attention drawn towards you by people passing by and rubbernecking. What's going on with that guy? Mm-hmm. Oh, he must be a bad person. He's getting pulled mm-hmm. over for something. like right. And so you're immediately under a state of duress. The flashing lights, the bright spotlight, the guy in the uniform with the gun, Gun, right, so it doesn't even matter what you say. You're already under a state of duress. Well, yeah. it's better to not say anything. Uh, although Absolutely. even now Always. they've even now they've said you have to say something to establish your right not to speak because that was apparently a Supreme Court case a few years back or several years ago. I can't so. just get a tattooed on my forehead. Well, it's possible the cop can't read. Uh, so <laughs> oh, yeah. then, based on the IQ. <laughs> so I, you know, my favorite response that I've that I've seen is I don't answer questions. Yep. I think that's the to me that seems like the safest thing that you can say to the police this is not legal advice it's just what i've seen what i've experienced uh out there and that would include not allowing them to search if they say something about that and you can also if you want if you're going to speak to the police the best thing you can do is be the one asking the questions not answering the questions so if a cop says something like i'm gonna have to ask to search the car uh then you can say something like are you just asking or you know you can clarify is that a question uh, and do I can I say no or whatever right? or right. just say no? Like if you're not sure, you can ask to clarify or just say no and see what they do. Either way, you should probably be getting this interaction on video. Yeah, yes. and the the study of this language tends to be based on the premise that they will ultimately follow their own rules, and they don't. And they don't. Yeah, that is, I think, the most important takeaway. People spend thousands of hours studying court stuff only to find that none of it actually works in practice when they try it out in the courtroom. 
Uh, there's more coming up here. You can join the show. It is Free Talk Live. That's 603-283-6160. 603-283-6160. Joining you tonight, it's Ian. Nicholas Mountaineer. And the Reverend Captain Kickass. We're going to talk a little bit more about Legal Land coming up here as Legal Land in the D.C. universe of... District of uh, Criminals? Washington, D.C. is going to be potentially changing the legal designation of one cannabis plant. Uh, marijuana. Pot. And uh, we can talk about that. They're changing the schedule? That's what they're talking about. It's just talking. And, of course, politicians do a lot of talking and bureaucrats do a lot of talking before they do any doing. I'm so sick of people posting crap about all these, even like Biden and Trump. But, like, I'm sick of that, of course. But then there's all these other candidates, these other level candidates. They're like, so-and-so said they'd do this. And it's like, have you learned nothing over the course of your entire life? Yeah. Politicians yeah. say a bunch of crap, they do. and then they don't do any of it. Yeah, or oh, they've put forward this bill. It's like, so do you have any idea how many bills get put forward in a year and how many fail? Right. Yeah. Oh, but it's so cool. Uh, that doesn't matter. Wanna... It may as well be scrawled on a bathroom wall for yeah. all I here's... care for all the difference it makes in my life. Here's a platform that we've never seen: politician running on the platform of reducing the number of laws. No, yeah, no, they do that. Nice. Libertarians no? do that. I, really? Yeah, libertarians I don't do that. Think and no heard, one pays any I've attention to it. I don't think I've ever heard that. Sure, yeah. yeah I've libertarians. never heard that campaign promise Mm-mm. in my life. Really? No. Yeah. Okay. That doesn't, doesn't, doesn't sound uncommon. It doesn't mean like it me, hasn't honestly. happened. I'm just saying I haven't heard of it from any of these presidential candidates. I mean, well, You mean these presidential candidates? Uh, any yes, presidential but, candidates. Liberta- Harry Brown, the Libertarian Party presidential candidate, literally talked about taking a wrecking ball to the IRS and selling the uh, the wreckage. Lots of people do, but they don't talk about reducing the number of laws. Mm. Well, it, that would have been reducing the IRS... Uh, and two zero, so well, that would reduce those well, laws. Well, now hold on. I mean, I'm sorry to nitpick, but there's nothing legal about the IRS. Like there are no laws that back up any of their power. It's just that they will put you in prison. Well, there's an entirety of the IRS code. There's a there's like was it Title 26 or yeah, something like that? Yeah, there's an IRS code. That's not a law. It's right. not even a okay. statute. Now, right. So now you're getting into legal land. <laughs> well, sure, but uh, <laughs> definitions but, but, here, right? But, but most people call the things uh, politicians or bureaucrats write laws. Now in legal land. There's statutes, there's codes, right. there's ordinances, right. there's you know constitutional amendments. There's all these different uh, catalogs right. and d- definitions. What I'm saying is that I've never heard anybody run on the platform of reducing the number of those. Okay, I'm pretty sure libertarians have done that. Like, like years. they may have said, "Hey, I'm going to eliminate the IRS," yeah. but that's not their that's their platform. There's They're been not, proposals. Their platform isn't reducing the number of things you're subjected to. I know I've mm. heard of. Well, I mean, that would be the the part of it. You you get rid of the IRS, you're getting rid of the I IRS code. But, you're but getting rid as of far as the, too, the yeah. number of these things, laws, ordinances, right? Like nobody has said, "This is my platform. This is what I'm running on. I want to get mm-hmm. into office and reduce all of this crap." I'm pretty sure a ton of libertarian candidates have For said president? that over the years. 
I mean, I, don't, I can't say 100% for, for president or whatever, but I mean, that's generally, the, I would think that if that were somebody's platform, that's you know? generally the libertarian platform is to get in there and I reduce agree the law. That is generally so. libertarian thought, but they haven't come right out and said, this is my platform. I'm Maybe it's just platform. in recent years, like because the only I feel like they did that back in the day. Anything like related to that was maybe when Kokesh outlined his plan for how to dismantle the federal government by basically turning it over to everybody who currently works for the federal government. Mm-hmm. And going, you now have you know, two years to turn this into a profitable business well, of your own. There's one example. Then. Yeah. There you go. Well, so two things. One, uh, that is the easiest thing in the world to promise since uh, you will never know if I did it since we don't actually know how many laws there are. Right. <laughs> is there a lesser uh, number than the unknown right. number that right. currently exists? Number two, if if you were actually trying to reduce the number of laws through that process, the only way I could see even taking a stab at it is to have a, a what they call a sunset, sunset. law. Right. Yep. And there have been proposals like that. Uh, at least I've heard them here in New Hampshire. Right. Which, uh, uh, for anyone not familiar, uh, but nothing sun- ever gone through. Yeah, which for anyone not familiar, a sunset law would be that they have to uh, they have to agree uh, after a certain period of time that this law remains, or else it goes away. You know Correct. that this doesn't exist already because every now and again on your local news. They'll run some fun thing at the end of the year. Like, oh, did you know that in Texas it's illegal for you to, you know, grow tomatoes and pears on the same property within a half acre? Whatever it is. Some Mm -hmm. crazy outdated law that's still on the books from 1747. Isn't that zany? Right. (laughs) Yeah, and they laugh out of that. Ha, ha, ha. Look at the details of your oppression. Yeah. <laughs> but, it's, but it's still freaking there. Nobody's yeah, taking there. it away. It's yeah. totally ridiculous. Yeah, I think it's no illegal. In, on today's society. I yeah. think in New Hampshire, I remember hearing this one, and it's illegal to play baseball on Sunday or something like that. <laughs> yeah. Something like that. Yeah, my, my understanding of the IRS code is it works like this. If you end up in a trial over your tax, you mm. will be found guilty. Period. Full stop. They found Any me guilty. situation where you end up in trial for taxes, you will be found guilty. And the reason is very simple. That jury is paying their taxes. That's right. And they are pissed yeah, that I, you might not be paying yours. Man, if if you're accused of not paying taxes, then the jury of your peers should be a bunch of people who also are taxes. not paying taxes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Let's go to the phones here. We got uh, Tom in New Hampshire. You're on Free Talk Live. Go ahead, Tom. Yeah. The state, by the way, uh, state is capitalized in the U.S. Constitution, except in the 12th Amendment. Hmm. But <clears throat> it means Weird. two different things. Uh, it means the bureaucracy or it means the land area. And in Article 1, Section 9, where it talks about importing slaves until 1808, uh, the migration or importation of such persons as any of the states now existing shall think proper to admit shall not be prohibited by the Congress. The, the idea that a state can think, mm. even mm. a bureaucracy <laughs> cannot think, a Congress cannot think members of congress can think and that's why it's important i don't know did you see that video of uh, mitch mcconnell where he just stands he just stands there and like stares off into the distance for a half a minute didn't your judge in one of your uh trial days say something like well the federal government feels and then you know (laughs) whatever point right like really does the federal government feel it has feelings now yeah now by the way uh, it's important to remember that uh, Aria, if he hadn't shown up at uh, the sentencing hearing, the judge would not hunt him down and tackle him and uh, bring him to jail. The cops do that. Right. And that's, mm-hmm. uh, so it's really 
the fault of law enforcement goons when uh, people are being arrested and then even if they're uh, set out on bail, if they don't show up, it's not the fault of the judge as much as it's the fault of law enforcement goons <laughs> and that uh, the police forces of a hostile domestic I'm, government. I'm just are imagining just as much a judge as, in like a black robe, like chasing our <laughs> tackling somebody. Tackling. Yeah. <laughs> now that would be a good TV show. I'd watch that. Yeah, unfortunately, uh, Tom, there are plenty of people who will take those positions, although it's getting harder. Apparently, some uh, police departments are having difficulties recruiting these days and for the last several years. So it is getting more difficult to find uh, goons to fill those positions, but they still find some. Live free. Don't join. Hmm. What they got to do is people got to say that they have uh, publicly say that they have resolved that they will never render aid to a cop in distress unless required by law to do so. Let, let's say you're on the ambulance crew, then you have to because it's your job. But if you see a cop drive off the road and splatter into a tree, just make sure nobody's trapped in the back seat before the patrol car blows up. <laughs> Thanks for the call tonight. The number here is 603. Like That's called going out on top of the call. 283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. Did he say go splat against a tree? Yeah, I think he did. Yeah. Uh, let's go to Law Dog in Michigan. You're on Free Talk Live. Go ahead, Law Dog. I hope you can say that on the radio. I'm sorry, Baxter. His head's turning around. Vomit's coming. I'm sorry, Baxter. I don't speak Spanish. Do you know what an ERC is? I don't acronym, man. I, I haven't since Extreme the USA Patriot Catholic. Act. I memorized that from ten uh, when I was a what 10 Catholic years old back in 1965. And, and Merrick Garland's Catholic. trying to chase these 85, 75. Law dog, do me a favor. Back off your phone like two inches. You're uh, you're you're overmodulated. How's that? That better? Not much, but a little bit. All right. Anyway, it uh, looks like. Uh, Gretchen, the witch Bittner's in, in trouble here with a lead pipe uh, water scandal. Probably either in. Um, Is this Flint Grand or Rapids somewhere else? Or, or Benton Harbor. Well, she's the uh, governor. She's right? the governor, but I remember it was Flint, Michigan that was getting all the press for having no, bad that water. Snyder. That was Rick Snyder. Flint, Michigan is uh, uh, 58% uh, African American and 43% uh, um, What's that have to do with anything? So, uh, What's going to happen there in Benton Harbor is uh, predominantly black. There's a bigger, uh, or excuse me, African-American. I'm sorry, folks. What does it matter? But what happened? Get this. F-O-5 What's that have to do with West. water pipes? I'm not clear on what we were just talking about, like lead water pipes. pipes, right? Or his Yeah, lead pipes. Lead pipes. Like the, What's uh, the black the population have anything here. to do with that? It says the FOIA requests here are being thwarted because someone in the administration is using Greek words and symbols in the sensitive information reports and documents. What? <laughs> so uh, somebody has done a FOIA request for Freedom some information, of Information Act, right? FOIA uh, for some information regarding this town's pipes, yeah, the lead content, et cetera, and so on. Well, I said Western Michigan. I'm just guessing, you know. And he's saying that the state has responded in kind by supplying the requested information, but obscuring it with Latin phrases and verbs. Greek. And, no, no, I'm Greek. Sorry, Greek. Sorry, Greek. 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 Yeah, sorry. My bad. Greek letters? Yeah. That's Greek. Okay. That's not Latin. Okay. Hmm. Sorry, I apologize. Greek. Is that legal? Okay. I mean, are they... <laughs> 
Well, who knows? She's the queen here, and uh, you know she's not going to advocate herself. So we're, mm. we're what happens when they translate the Greek? I mean, does it translate to yeah, some English? They do know that we can translate I, that. I right? don't know, but we're just hoping that. So you just heard this somewhere, and you don't really know anything else about it. Oh, it was on Guy Benson last night. Yeah, I don't know who that yeah. is. Yeah, I, I this breezed by my purview and you've seen the headlines i've seen a headline that was talking about this and i was like oh more of that uh but like i didn't i didn't delve into it i didn't think it was uh you know it wasn't in my show prep anyway yeah i mean what do you think they're trying to cover up here i think they're trying to cover up uh uh, what what they did to like snyder he is the um he is the republican he is the um oh what do you call it he's the turd bag so scapegoat uh, yeah so they they went after him. Nestle, you know, she was the bloodhound on that and got him put in uh, uh, put in hot water. Yep. Now uh, Big Gretch is down here uh, on the western uh, side of the state with the same problem, and they're they're using uh, uh, Greek symbols and Greek words to throw off the. Uh, guys who are making the FOIA request. Okay, so, I, I, uh, I had to look this story up to get some idea of what this means, and apparently the way it is, quote-unquote, throwing it off, as you say, Law Dog, is if they're talking about Flint, Michigan, where most people probably heard the news a few years ago that the water yeah, situation yeah, there is sure. absolutely terrible, uh, apparently the word Flint is different in Greek because, like, if you're just talking in Spanish, Flint is still going to be Flint, yeah. right? But apparently in Greek, the way it's written is different if you're using Greek letters or something like that. Or maybe they're just using the Greek letters to write the the word Flint as it would normally be spelled. But the point being, if you do a Freedom of Information Act request for every email from Whitmer's office that has the word Flint in it, then it's not going to trigger on the emails where Flint is written in Greek – because it's just a search, oh, right? It's different, uh, exactly. it's different letters, that's different exactly. ASCIIs for each one. So that's, that's exactly what they're up it, to. Ah. That's what they're. Well, it's not me. I just did an internet well, search. And I mean, that could also just be a bug in some software too. If they run a search on Flint, it's going to return all of the possible entries. Depending, it's not going to return Greek. The, well, it might. No, if it's looking, just doing a looking for a string, right? If it's just you looking for those for those letters in sequence. What's that, Law Dog? You know what we're hoping for in, up here in Michigan? What are you hoping uh, for? Secession? We're we're hoping we're hoping that um, uh, Big Gretch's dental husband takes a couple of his dental hygienists down to the Torch Lake Sandbar for some offshore drilling. That's what we're hoping for. Thanks for the call tonight. <laughs> Appreciate it. Uh, now the way look, I'm I'm not Seems a programmer, like a thing but I hope for to me. I've done a little bit of programming when I was uh, younger, yeah. and. When you're searching for a string, which is what they call that in programming, when it's a series of letters is and numbers, uh, when you're searching, Boolean is a, a yes or no. But when you're searching for a string, it's only going to match that string. Well, if that is in different letters that are in a completely different language, it is not going to come up with the word flint in Greek. Well, it depends right. on the search uh program itself as to what it is told yeah, to search. I've never there, heard of that. There though. may be so search programs that you, can do that, you, but you your standard search mind, is not going to do like that. Even, right. in, even in like an email search, if I plug in the word the, right, it's going to mm-hmm. return everything that says sure. the, right? So regardless of if it's italicized. But it's not it, going to get you, right? uh, it's not going to get you emails with the word Y, which is, it, uh, or it sorry, might, that's and. particularly the some is of these L. softwares, and, and I just have some experience with some of these softwares, they there will may actually be look, uh, they will look at the documents, not just 
text documents. They yeah. will look at photograph documents, sure. and it'll scan the document to find anything that resembles Flint for in this that case. That would be an optical character and then, recognition. Right. And then yep. it's going to pull that information and serve it back to I you. I get what you're saying here, Captain. You're saying there could be software that does a multilingual search for a word. Right. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about a standard search for the word Flint. 99% of searches, you're not going to find that in Greek. It's just not going to happen. And that makes it effective enough yeah. at I'm hiding the information it's that they want to hide faulty here. Because, well, it was no, made that's not for government. Well, no, no, no. That's, that's not every ability, every ability that you can have to hide something has some way around it. Nothing works perfectly. But this works 99% of the time or whatever to uh, obscure certain pieces of information that they would like people no, researching the, Flint The, the, the government specifically deploys software uh, for levels of security and it will redact uh everything that is you know above your clearance level this is and so mm-hmm. you see this in the results of FOIA requests when it comes back and it's got like a sentence with the thing that you wanted in it blacked and the out. rest of it's all yep. blacked out it's because whoever processed that request uh doesn't doesn't have the level of clearance to have it unredacted yep. and will search for whatever it is that you know so it's it depends on the level that you're at and what the search does. Yeah. How broad are the search parameters? I, I get what you're saying, but your typical search is not going to find another language. It's just not going to. It, it's just looking for a string. If you've got a thousand-page document in a Word document. Yeah, in a I mean, Word if document, I go on insert search engine here on the internet and I type in Flint with quotes around it, so it yeah. only searches for Flint, Yeah, uh, and my chosen language in my browser or my search engine is already set to English. You're not going to come up with Greek I'm not websites. Gonna, but if that isn't set then who knows what it's going to come up with well the programmers know the people who made that software know how that 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 works and the shadow knows <laughs> the shadow knows that's obscure I'll, I'll buy that <laughs> um but uh but you know if you've got a document that's a thousand pages long full of english words and you type in a greek word in greek letters into that search you're probably not going to find the english versions of that word in that document that's just because it's trying to match a string well, it's a basic search and what you're saying is it could exist? Yes, it could. Yeah. Does it exist? Is the Michigan government utilizing software like that? No way in hell are they doing that. And that's why they're putting... I mean, I don't uh, know. They can't even clean water for Flint. So like, <laughs> right. who knows what kind of crap software they're, they're You deploying. can expect that they're using the most basic form of search, which is why they're able to get around it by using Greek letters. But also, order- I've just given them a convenient excuse if they were... Uh, purposefully obfuscating these FOIA results by sending them stuff that had nothing to do with the topic that the request actually specified. Uh, well, I mean, they're getting things on Flint. It's just not what they're looking for. That's right? what I'm saying. Yeah. So if the, the government here is purposefully obfuscating the FOIA results Which by, in, by including crap, right, crap results that the request didn't ask for, then their excuse is likely going to be what I just said. Mm. Probably so. Uh, the number, if you want to join the show here at 603-283-6160, it's a very sneaky move on the part of these government goons. I'm not su- Are you surprised? I'm not surprised. It's creative. Guys, I mean, like, I will give it to them. These guys are bastards yeah. at every level. Uh, if you want to comment, 603-283-6160. So every now and then, the bastards 
will do something to make themselves look magnanimous. Oh, look what we've done for you. In this case, it's the marijuana smokers or the marijuana consumers, because not a lot of people are smoking it these days. There's vaporizers, there's edibles, there's a lot, all kinds of different ways to consume cannabis. And we can thank the marketplace yeah. for those developments. We can thank decriminalization. We can thank uh, legalization. We can thank medical. We can thank innovation for things like Delta 8. Right. Sure. And all the all the other strains, if you will, that get around the legal classification, because, well, when there's a demand, there's a market. Yeah. And markets will get around the the roadblocks through that the innovation throws up there. Uh, but there's, you know, for the last 30 years or so since the mid 1990s, when it was California in 1996, that you know, every now and then a broken clock strikes uh, strikes right. And California decided to go with medical cannabis and they uh, did that. And then other states followed suit. And now we see a majority, if not a super majority, I think, of states are doing medical cannabis programs. Yep. We're seeing a large number of states, not as many, but some states are doing uh, recreational. And so they have ratcheted back the enforcement of these particular laws. Yeah, they are but, still being enforced in different ways. But, but, it's a, but it's a trade-off because they're also databasing everyone. Sure, and there's licenses and more control just in a different way. And we've covered the story uh, a couple of times here on Free Talk Live of like, you know, such and such wants to tie your gun rights to whether or not you've had a medical marijuana card. And yeah. if you've had one, you can't own guns. Well, the good news like is that. there was actually a federal court case recently, and I think, uh, I don't remember which circuit it was, but there was a, a federal district court that ruled that the law that prohibits people who've had drug convictions from owning guns is unconstitutional. So there actually has been some movement yeah. in the right direction on that. But, but- uh, what I'm saying is it's this is one of these bastard moves that they do where they're like, mm, okay, well, I guess if you have some sort of chronic ailment, we'll let you join this exclusive club. We'll yeah. let you buy a license, right, so that you oh, yeah. can go to our licensed retailers, right, and, and get control. you some medicine only if you give us your... KYC information, your first name, your last name, yeah. your date of birth, your address, your home phone number. Yeah, it's ugly. Uh, every email address you have, your bank account, the arm of your firstborn, whatever the hell it is, yep. it's a trade-off. They're, uh, they're, they're giving you back a right that you had anyway mm-hmm. uh, in exchange for you providing them information for their database. You libertarians thinking you can just own plants that you grew. Right. Without asking permission. Yeah. Yeah, no, I'm not here to tout legalization as some great thing. I mean, it it is exactly as you described, Captain. It is a total control system. They have not lessened their control. You're being strong-armed simply, for, for a privilege. Right. They've simply shifted the control. So instead of it being total prohibition, which is one form of control, mm. it is now... We're going to allow X, Y, and Z, but under all these restrictions and licenses and taxes and regulations, which all add costs to the creation of this plant and the distribution of this plant, which should just be natural, should be growing everywhere. It should be easy to, to... you know, buy Congratulations, itself. citizen. It is now possible to bribe us for permission to do this. <laughs> if, if the state of New Hampshire, uh, this is an area that I'll, I'll give some uh, concedence to. If the state of New Hampshire were to uh, put something, you know, into law that said uh, marijuana is no longer prohibited at all in New Hampshire, period. 
That would be amazing. They're not going to try and yeah. statize it right. by you know forcing everybody who opens a retail store to be a cookie cutter of every other retail yeah. store like all the other states have done. Right? They're just going to say no. It's no longer prohibited at any level. I'm opening a coffee shop tomorrow. If I they hear you. I hear you. Right? Because that like. It all started with the dream. People, have marijuana aficionados, people who use it for medicine, mm-hmm. they, they'd go to Amsterdam, right? Yeah. And yeah. and they'd be like, oh, a coffee shop? And I could buy a joint. I could sit over here in this room with my friends and we could have some coffee am- and smoke amazing. this joint. It's amazing. Wow. That has never occurred in the United States. Right. Yeah. Despite all of the states, quote, legalizing, unquote, That's because Amsterdam marijuana. had just simply tolerated it. It didn't even legalize it, if I recall correctly. Right. It was unprohibited. Right. Right. Which is the way it should be. And if New Hampshire, if any of you legislators out there want to put forth something like that, I think that's the way to go. It does tend to get put forward. It usually doesn't go anywhere, but usually there's one bill every time that has what you're talking about, where it will treat marijuana like tomatoes yes. and essentially remove prohibition on it. Uh, so I'm not a fan of legalization, okay? But I can acknowledge the fact that. Fewer people going to prison is still better than a bunch of people going to prison. And okay. uh, and I, and that, you know, despite all the licenses, despite all the fees, despite all the stupid regulations and the bureaucracy, that is one takeaway from the decriminalization slash legalizations that we've seen. And it's wild well to see States. them move at all after this long without any motion after it's become socially acceptable. Well, now what we're talking about is the federal government gang. So I was just referring to the states that have had movement on this in the last 30 years. Now the feds may be moving an inch or two. Free Talk Live. It's Free Talk Live. You can join us here. The number is 603-283-6160. Joining you tonight, it's Ian and the Reverend Captain Kickass. And we're going to get into the news here about a little bit of good news. A little bit of good news from the federal thugs in regards to marijuana prohibition. Uh, we'll talk about what they're talking about doing. And they are just talking at this point. It's been a long process of continually talking about doing something different. We'll explain what they're talking about coming up in moments. But first, we go to the phones with Dana on the line in Michigan, listening in Grand Rapids, WTKG. Go ahead, Dana. Well, because I'm um, in Michigan, Ian, I wanted to comment on the um, water scandal that Gretchen Whitmer is trying to cover up in Benton Harbor. Um, instead of right, uh, having that report sent in Greek, why didn't she just store it on Hillary's server? Because nobody would find it. <laughs> That's cute. What you're right? referring to for listeners that are just tuning into the show is apparently there's news in Michigan about a Freedom of Information Act request looking for information about Flint, Michigan. Uh, that uh, I'm not sure what's going on in Benton Harbor, but maybe something similar. But apparently uh, somebody who requested documents in relation to what bureaucrats were writing to one another uh, in regards to Flint and its water situation, looking for any emails, for instance, that had the word Flint in them, was not successful in finding a certain set of emails that were written in Greek because, well, the word Flint would appear differently, and so therefore it wouldn't meet uh, a standard search for, you know, looking through an email box or whatever. So this was this apparently the scandal. Is that your understanding of it, Dana? 
Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, women have absolutely positively reached equality, and they have for years. Um, These women politicians, we've got three that are running things here. Whitmer, Dana Nessel, the Attorney General, and the Secretary of State. Um, You mentioned that they're women. Do you think that female politicians are somehow worse than male politicians? Absolutely. I mean, they all seem to be a bunch of power-sick freaks. No, they are. I don't disagree with you on that, Ian. But um, these women, um, I think the captain said... Uh, these politicians are bastards, while well, these women are a B word, but the other. And I don't like when people call people names. It destroys your own credibility in your argument. But I'm telling you, if you could ever use the B word against women, these women, actually, they're beyond Bs. They're just pure evil. The stuff that is going on in this state is unbelievable. So, so I, um, I, again, in, I don't disagree with you about these women. I'm just telling you the men are also pure evil. Yeah. It's, it's the same thing yeah, with the I Democrats and the Republicans. They're all pure evil. I don't think everyone is pure evil, but what I'm saying is... um, I know, you don't think Republicans are pure evil either. No, I didn't say that, and I would appreciate if from this day forward you stop putting words in my mouth. You wait until Ian disconnects me, and then you completely oppositely rephrase what I just said. I have said this before, Peakless. We all need to be on the same side because I'm going to tell you the people on the far left eat their own. I said that two Saturdays ago, and you completely disregarded my comment. All right, so we need a barometer. We need a litmus test to see if we're all on the same side. So, uh, Dana, do you think think that the government, federal government, is necessary for humankind to get by? Um, probably not in its state as it is now. That wasn't the question. Yeah. Is it a yes or a no? That's the answer. Um, so okay. do, do you think that well, it is necessary in get, any incarnation, uh, in okay, this one, so in a previous would, one, in a possible just, future one? Because okay, we don't. Captain, Captain, you put me on the spot. So now I got to think through uh, that there's so many facets of the government. Um, are you saying to get rid of the feds but put it to state and local? I That would be a great start, but great start. Uh, okay. like if you think it all the way through, there is no reason to have a organization that claims a monopoly on violence to get people to interact appropriately when we can all do that by voluntary agreement. Right, and I don't disagree with probably most of your statement. I've told you guys before probably most. that <laughs> I have a, I, I have a, don't pick out one word and make a big damn deal about it. I have wow. a libertarian bent. I don't, um, I do not believe in centralized government. I just don't. I don't see, I, I well, just. it sounds like right, you me, believe in me, a different version of centralized let government. Me, let me rephrase the question then, Dana. Okay. Do you believe that there is any product or service provided by any level of government that can't otherwise be provided in a free market? 
Well, oh, you didn't say that the first time. You didn't say free market because when I said to you, Captain, you put me on the spot, I was going with the elderly people and um, maybe handicapped people that get um, payments, that get assistance from the government. Mm -hmm. And I was trying to think, how are we going to get that to them Mm -hmm. so that they can still survive? But if you say free free market or state or local – um, then I would um, uh, I wouldn't have a problem with. Well, that hold on, hold on, hold on. Now you're putting okay. words in his mouth. He didn't say anything about the state or local government. I said he just if. asked. I said if. I said if. Okay, that was a and really long answer, though. So I'm not really clear if you it's a actually yes or no gave a direct answer to the question. Can you ask the question one more time, Captain? Sure. I just want to make sure. Is there a product or service provided by the government at any level that cannot be provided? In the free market. Yeah, I got to think about that. Because you can take your time so and get back to us call another us, time. You know, that's another, fine. Another day. <laughs> but that's that's the point of view that I'm coming from because I've thought about this for a long time, and I can't think of one thing that's provided by government, whether it's a product or a service, because those are the only things they provide or claim to provide, mm. uh, a product or a service that can't be otherwise provided in a free market scenario. I can't think of one thing. Are you talking about all levels? Any Are level you of government. About all levels? Yeah. Any level oh. of government. I can't think of one thing that government provides that can't be otherwise provided in a free market, and generally speaking, for a lesser cost at a better value. Mm-hmm. If if I had to absolutely, if this was a absolute, and I had to make a decision right now, I would say yay. I would probably have to agree with that. And don't pick out the word probably, because I haven't given it the depth of thought that you have, Captain, but I have no problem with uh, and never have with capitalism. It has raised more people out of poverty than any other form of government. That is not personal opinion. That's not a conservative Capitalism, uh, the way you're using it, isn't a form of government. I'm not saying you said then any form of then any other form of government. So if I say then any other of this, then I'm calling that a this. So, okay, it sounds good what you're saying here, Dana. Economic. Economic. It sounds good what you're saying here, Dana. I just want to clarify. It sounds like you may be close to on the same page or flirting with being on the same page. Probably mostly. Let's throw a couple of of more specific questions out. Uh, how about, okay. and you've listened long enough, I think I know what you're going to say to this, but uh, you you would agree with us then that there should be a complete end to the war on drugs, right? That uh, that all drugs should be available in the market to whomever wants to buy or sell. Well, we did talk about that uh, two weeks ago when I called, and I told you, remember what I said, your civil rights are your civil rights as long as they don't infringe on mine. So if you want to do whatever you want to do, or sexually, it could be anything, whoever you want to do it with, as long as you don't shove that crap in my face, Mm -hmm. or it doesn't impinge on me, like you don't drug and drive or drink and drive and kill me or my family. So you're okay okay with with somebody selling heroin at a corner store? Oh, Ian. Oh, no. Um, Uh Uh-oh. Uh-oh. You're asking her to be consistent in her principles now. I'm trying to think on my feet, worst case scenario. Okay, so you got heroin, you got it locked up, and somebody breaks up. So then what? Mm, That's their problem. 
No, it's not theirs. I mean, this it's happens the at that they put this it. happens at pharmacies. Frequently. Who cares if it, if it gets locked up or broken? Right. I mean, yeah, I mean I consider know. tobacco. One, They've got it locked up behind okay, the counter there. Question. Someone can break in and end up having cancer. Yeah. Okay. Give me another. Yep. Give me another question, Ian, because that one I'm going to have to. I don't have a problem if it. You know how they have pot stores everywhere. In fact, it's legal in Michigan, just like Colorado. Yeah. So they have regulated pot stores. Right. If you could go there and then you have to use it in your home where you're not, um, you know, drug driving, then um, I, I guess not. I don't have a problem. The problem is the control of the substance. As long as they can control it, where nefarious um, things aren't going to happen and then affect me or my children or somebody okay. else's children, then I'm okay. Are you with saying it, yeah. that if the marijuana store gets broken into over a, you know, while it's closed or something, that that somehow is a problem for you? Well, um, not the marijuana so much, but if it were heroin or coke or why or would that all of a sudden alcohol, be a problem? To it you? could be alcohol because if they drink drive or drug drive and they're criminals and they don't care, they're not going to if they're going to. Why would it? Why from, would uh, whether a store got broken into have to do with whether or not someone's going to go drink and drive? Because they could kill me. You know, people drink and drive the all the time who buy their I liquor know, legally, right? A, so what does having a, a store big, broken into have anything to do with this? I have a really big issue with that. Well, I have hold a on. So, Dana, should, you, should we, you know, put alcohol on like a Schedule 1 narcotics list and make sure that no one gets alcohol? Well, I'm not against alcohol. I'm against how people use it and what they do when they're used. Great. I'm not, not against, against heroin, but I am against but, certain uses of it. And I think the solution there is the same as alcohol. Let people make their decisions because it's the other things that they're doing that are the problem. Right. And that's what I'm saying. I don't have an issue with that stuff as long as you're just Stay out of a car because those things are just okay. their um, tools right. of murder when they get going. All right. And uh, so another issue here, just another quick, uh, quick question. Okay. No, go ahead. Yeah. All go right. Ahead. So I want to have my friends from Canada and Mexico come and live at my trailer park. I've got some empty trailers and I've been having trouble getting people in there. But uh, I know some people who want to move here from those other countries and they would like to live in those trailers. Is that going to be okay? Well, um, are you talking jumping the line? I don't know what that means. They just want to come here from places known as Canada or Mexico. Like, and so they would get a visitor's visa? No, no, no. We're talking about freedom here, no, remember? remember we talked about this before, and this was pre uh, two weeks ago, and Mark and I had a long conversation many moons ago. I don't remember I all the things that uh, you've said to us, so that's why I'm bringing this up. If you get rid of, they can never vote, they can um, never become a citizen, and there's no welfare. That means school, hospitals, if they're dying, they cut their arm off. Or get it cut off, they bleed to death if they don't have insurance. Okay, so right, we're and, not paying. Then I got no problem with it. No that. problem with it. Okay, that's fine. So if, right. if voting and welfare and citizenship didn't exist, right. this was just an otherwise free area, people come and go as they want to individually without harassment from any organization, then you're okay with that. Yeah. Okay. But those yeah. Right. There's some common that's ground. Yeah. You're pretty reasonable I on this one, Dana. Okay, I hold on, hold on. I think. I, I think I've got okay, another one that just, you might I, be reasonable I, on. I, 
You uh, can ask, you can ask, but let me just make right, this yeah, clear. Sure. I told you guys, I have never hidden the fact that um, I am a conservative, not a Republican, and because they don't, there's not much difference between the two parties, and there hasn't been for many, many decades, long before I was born. That being said, um, I'm a conservative with a libertarian bent. I want the government the hell out of my business. Okay. okay, and and is go ahead with your final yeah, question. Yeah, here. the uh, uh, how do you feel about the war on terror? Well, um, okay, so this was back um, when the towers fell. I um, I'm going to say share something personal, and Ian has tried to ask me questions over the years, personal questions, um, you know, about uh, what denomination I am, faith-wise, blah, blah, blah. And I don't do that when I call in. But I'm going to share something. My own mother said, uh, you know, Dana, I don't think it's a good idea to be taping one channel and having two other TVs watching the stuff. I did this for a whole year on all the major networks, mm-hmm. and I watched this stuff over and over. So uh, it became almost personal for me. That being said... Um, and a girl I went to college with, her twin sisters were in one of the towers. They were not there. They were investment people. They were not there that day, thank God. Um, but that being said, so it just I didn't ask personal. about that. I, I know. I get that. I'm getting to this. So this is, I needed to, for you to know the history. So because of all that inundation, that was self-inundation, and the pain and the children left fatherless and motherless and blah, 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 mm-hmm. all of this stuff. Um, I had no problem with them going after Osama. When Bush went in to Afghanistan, I was pissed because he didn't say, first of all, I'm a very organized, detail-oriented person. He should have finished the job he started and got Osama. The Saddam thing and the Afghanistan, the Saddam thing was nothing more than uh, finishing the job daddy couldn't finish. He was always like, kind of like the loser in the family. And, you know, because he was an alcoholic and no disrespect to alcoholics, I know it's a struggle, but I'm just saying he never lived up to the expectations of the brother or of the father compared to the brothers and this was his thing that he was going to do the Saddam thing and then the Afghanistan thing but I will add one more thing you guys and I'm not a feminist at all but it kills me that the way they treat women and and girls uh, regarding school jobs what they have to wear and it's not the feminist thing and it's not a woman thing I don't like the way they treat men either. So I you're in favor like, of the war on terror? Well, I don't like when people hurt other people. I don't so know. So you're going to solve that by hurting people with dropping no, bombs? No, there's got to be something else, and I just don't know what that else is. So we can abandon our principles when we feel bad. Well, here's what you can do if you want. In a free world, okay, where there wasn't some U.S. military going around terrorizing people in the name of democracy and freedom— then if you felt like the Taliban or whomever is oppressing people in whatever area, whether it's, you know, Kim Jong-un in North Korea or the Taliban or uh, Putin or, you know, you fill in the bad guy, uh, then if you really felt strong enough about it, you could pool your money with other people who feel strongly about that 
and you can hire a crack team of mercenaries to go over and drop bombs and shoot people and do all the terrifying, terrible things that people want to do in the name of quote-unquote freedom or whatever it is. And then those of us who don't want to participate in killing uh, would have no blood on our hands because we wouldn't be forced to participate in it. So that's how you would handle that. If you really felt strongly and you thought more violence would solve the problem of violence, then you can go ahead and enact the violence or hire the people to enact the violence on your behalf. How about that? Well, I, I, I'm surprised you're saying this because I've, and I know you can't remember every caller, every single thing they say for years and years because you've been at the station since its inception. But I've actually had that conversation when you and Mark used to do the Saturday show. I am more pro-military or a mercenary than I am the military thing. Um, And I believe I want to take it one step further. I'm surprised uh, Pequist said, uh, quote, unquote, the war on terror, the specific thing going on right now. A good example is Ukraine. Um, It breaks my heart what's going on in Ukraine. But I do not, under any circumstances, believe we should be sending money there. And if for no other reason, because I absolutely believe they have no accounting whatsoever. And being organized, detail-oriented, and having a background in business as well as accounting and many other areas, nobody knows where that damn money is going. Oh, somebody and knows. I believe that it <laughs> is. Oh, you, you mistake yourself and you swallow going... propaganda. Somebody knows exactly where that money is going. They <laughs> will tell pocket. us. They will tell us all day long, well, oh, we just don't know where those billions of dollars went. Just, I turned my head and they were just gone. I, I left it behind the couch, and now it's not there. Yeah. Thank the, you, Dana, for the call. I do appreciate the discussion. Yeah, they'll tell us all that day long that they. Pretty good call for Dana. Yeah. Like, yeah she I, seems rational, she, at least mostly. She's at least willing to try and yeah. logic it out. Yeah. I, you know, yeah. I give her that. Uh, so we were talking about yeah, what. My, my issue has never been that, like, that, oh, oh, the, the hard leftists are not eating themselves or what have yeah. you. No, you're right. You're right. But. So's the other side. Like right now, you're you can actually watch the banks eat themselves. Yeah, I I liked what she said about the the mercenary thing, and like I don't want to use that word, but like we're talking private security services here, right? Okay. Uh, for, at least for defense, right? Now, uh, I think in your example, Ian, it was it was an offensive, right? You were like, if you feel that strongly and you want to have somebody go do violence, pay for it. Pay for it or go do it yourself, which is what I like to say to the politicians, Mm -hmm. right? These politicians want a warmonger all day long. Oh, we've got to take a stand against so-and-so. They're not going to sign their son up, though. They're not going over there themselves, right? They're not picking up arms and putting on boots and going over there themselves. There's your blood and treasure in this. If their kids sign up, then they get a desk job, so they're not facing any kind of danger. Yeah, no, it's always been the same thing. People are willing to spend an infinite amount of money on war. Politicians look at that and go, I'd like an infinite amount of money. Yeah. Let's go to war. And the and central you know banks it, make it possible. Somehow, a bunch of that money always ends up in their companies. Mm-hmm. Huh. And the central banks make it all possible. That's why war has been unending. Yeah. And it will never end years. so long as these positions exist. Right. 
as long as people allow this set of rules for this kind of person yeah. and this set of rules for for everyone else, then, of course, they will always take advantage and of that. And there was large controversy uh, in uh, 1913, in, you know, every time, like the removal of the gold standard, right? Mm-hmm. Controversy. You can go look up uh, microfilm. You can go to your library's website and read the headlines that were going on during those days. Not everybody was on board, and yeah. in fact, they called out all of the things mm-hmm. that have happened. Yeah, they're like, the if that- we let this happen, we're going to see uh, yeah. unending taxation. We're going to see wars that never end. We're going to see uh, wars that have never been approved through the con- congressional process. Yeah. We're going to see, yeah. and all of these things have come true. Yeah, and the fact of the matter is, they don't answer to us. They never have, and they never will. Right. In 1913, they called out about that. They said exactly what was going to happen, but it doesn't matter. And it doesn't matter if a hundred years later we figure out that's exactly what is happening. They will not stop. Well, at some point, their system may all crash down upon them. Uh, you know, at some point. When that is, we don't know. But the number is here, 603-283-6160. In the meantime, some people are going to get high. And we'll talk about what that might mean from a legal aspect, because they may be changing something at the federal level. remaining enough time for you if you want to join the show the number is 603-283-6160 or maybe you prefer to call in on beard talk live which will be happening about an hour from now and then dana you can call her a b-word a real authentic b-word you could you can use that one on the radio the c-word on the other hand you can't use that one on the radio so I'll be using that tonight on Beard Talk Live. <laughs> yes, you will. Uh, tune in at 10.30 Eastern Time. It's on our video streaming platforms. We're on, I don't know, 10 or 12 of them. But the one we like the most is Odyssey, and you can find it there at watch.freetalklive.com. That's watch.freetalklive.com. So go ahead and bookmark that now, and then go there at 10.30 Eastern and you can see these guys doing, or listen, you don't have to watch them, uh, but uh, you can listen in or watch at your leisure. I think it's completely serendipitous that you celebrate your uh you know bringing the show to new hampshire on, 17 years ago yeah. on labor day weekend i celebrate my first appearance on free talk live on labor day weekend yeah and also beard talk live is celebrating its 52nd episode one year's worth of programming on labor day weekend i we didn't plan that some people say there are no coincidences <laughs> we didn't Captain. plan that it, like if i'd have thought about it before right now we would have marketed it you know, in a way, like put up, put up some you know memes or something that said, "Hey, this is what we're doing. Everybody, come celebrate with us." But you know, hey, here we are. So here's the big news uh, that we've been teasing all night so far about uh, the federal thugs and marijuana's status. Yeah, Let's get to it. Which, if you know anything about its status at a federal level, you know it is on what is called Schedule One on the DEA's drug classification schedule. And Schedule 1 means that it has absolutely zero medical purpose, essentially. And so it's there with uh, heroin, if I recall correctly, and LSD, which, of course, both have medical purposes. I was going to say, all of those have medical yeah, purposes. Yeah, they all have medical purposes. But, yeah, this is politics. This is government. And uh, so there's... I'm the government. I don't see it. Well, no. it's right there. But I don't see it. But there's all these doctors. Nope, nope. Not We can't see that. But maybe now they might see it. And that's the proposal here is the proposal from the Department of Health and Human Services has made a recommendation 
According to MSN, and this is the Washington Post. They recommend sativa over uh, indica? (laughs) (laughs) They have made a recommendation that marijuana be removed from the category reserved for the riskiest drugs, such as heroin, and moved to the one for certain prescription drugs, which would be Schedule 3 in this particular case. The decision to reclassify marijuana, however, ultimately resides with the Drug Enforcement Administration, which could take months to complete its evaluation. So there was another story that I read earlier about this, not on the air, but just on my own, where apparently the process is uh, DHHS, Department of Health and Human Services, is sending this recommendation to Biden. So Biden apparently asked for them to review mm-hmm. the uh, the cannabis status, yep. and this was like, I don't know, a year or something ago, and now they've completed their review, and they have determined that it should be moved to Schedule 3. Now they will send their review to the DEA, and they will take their time Freaking to bureaucrats. review the we will DHHS. We fill out forms in triplicate, and yeah, we will notify so. the members of the board that this we is, must meet in order to yeah, discuss this. Yeah, this ain't happening tomorrow. Yeah. It ain't happening next week. But it wouldn't surprise me if the DEA came down with their decision just before the election. I'm willing to put some money on that what would prediction. Make you think that, Ian? Yeah, because, well, Biden's a terrible president, but he might be able to get the marijuana vote if he decides to essentially decriminalize it at the like, federal level. In quick, the last how do I get minute. minorities to vote for me? Yeah, in the last minute. Well, it's not a minority thing per se. There's people all over uh, the place that use cannabis. Now, mind you, he could have on day one said, hey, guys, let's not focus on this at all. Now, he can't make the DEA go away because that's an act of Congress. But he is their boss. But he can say, hey, as your boss, quit arresting people for pot. It's dumb. However, if the DEA gets high while they go through this process, it could take way more than months. I don't see (laughs) why it is he can't even tell the DEA to reschedule it. Rather than playing this political, oh, well, we have to have the DHHS review, and we have to review over here, and then he could just say, I'm your boss, you're an executive uh, department, you made the decision to put this on Schedule 1, I'm telling you, you're putting it on Schedule 3 right now. Mm. He could do that, I'm pretty sure, right? Doesn't he request a judicial review for Ross Ulbricht. Well, he could do that, too. Yeah. There's a lot of things he's not doing. That's right. Uh, because but this one, whatever. let them remember why they need us. Yeah, to we re-classify. are Democrats. We will let you smoke pot. Yeah. Not like those dirty Republicans. Yes. That's all yes, they remember got. all those years of pot smoking you did before we even considered this. We didn't give you permission to do so. And so now we're putting together a committee to review whether or not we will give you permission to do a thing you've been doing right. anyway. Right, right. And now the committee is going to be going to another committee who will then review the committee's review and so on and so forth. Uh, the nonprofit Veterans Cannabis Project has long pushed for veterans to get broader access to cannabis to treat post-traumatic stress disorder, Please. depression, and chronic pain. Its founder said the DHHS recommendation to loosen restrictions offers some hope that the federal government will signal that marijuana has medical value. The founder says this is huge. It's what we've been working toward for years, not just years, but decades. This has been going, this war on drugs has been going on since the early 1970s. It is now more than 50 years. And that's not, and that's not including the prohibition of marijuana, which goes back to the 30s. So it's almost a hundred years in the 90 years range. Uh, But the full on war, of course, started under Nixon. 
While the measure would stop short of full national legalization, as many had hoped, it has the potential to help struggling cannabis companies in states where marijuana is legal and then could remove barriers to scientific research into the health benefits of the drug. Yes, but are they going to allow people who do business in marijuana to have a bank account i think that's the suggestion here that this may somehow help with that because it would not be a completely prohibited i mean if you're if you're in a marijuana business and you don't have a bank account crypto is your friend yeah Uh, multiple requests to reschedule marijuana in the past have failed most recently in 2016 the obama administration's dea denied a request from two democratic governors to change the classification at the time they cited concerns that cannabis had a high potential for abuse no accepted medical use in the united states and lacked an acceptable level of safety for use even under medical supervision but the experts say this time will be different perhaps Their recommendation from the Department of Health and Human Services became public nearly a year after Biden, in a presidential first, asked the health agencies to evaluate whether it should be reclassified. If the DEA follows this recommendation, that would place marijuana in the same category as anabolic steroids, ketamine, and testosterone, which can all be obtained with a prescription. So again, this is not a huge deal in that it's not you know going to be legal federally to just have and use marijuana yeah. but at the very least it will remove it from schedule one where it has been for decades and hey if you're gonna put it on there it kind of makes sense to skip over schedule two because the second that you admit hey this treats anxiety mm-hmm. then you also have to admit wait maybe all these people who are using this for their anxiety are not abusing it huh Exactly. So uh, with an increasing roster of states legalizing it, political momentum, of course, is growing in favor of a change in the federal government's treatment of marijuana. And as we all know, politicians love to run out in front of a parade. And that's ultimately what Joe Biden is doing here, who, oh, yeah. Wasn't he the like tough on crime guy in the 1990s who passed oh, yeah. like a tough on crime crackdown Those urban on drugs. jungles? Yeah, crackdown on drugs, but except for his son, of course, he's fine with the crack. But I, yeah, he the cracked rest down of on you. everybody else, gave him to his son. Yeah. <laughs> well, drugs had to go somewhere, right? Yeah. Um, well, I mean, this is honestly some very hard stuff to make movement on in the political world because you are cutting into the black budget of the CIA by doing this. Mm-hmm. And they are really, really, really attached to their black budget. Not, not necessarily with marijuana. Are they running marijuana, oh, though? Oh, they're running everything. And right, marijuana's but, big and bulky. It, it, yeah, it's, you know, it's probably the least... Uh, uh, Probably the lowest profit margin of any of the illegal drugs, right? For the size of it? Yeah, for sure. Still, once you start moving on this, you might think about maybe cocaine actually has well, some medical use in that. That they will assassinate you over. And and at some level, too, they're probably jealous of all of the raping, I mean taxation, that uh, the state governments who have legalized it in their states are raking in by dictating how marijuana shops have to be run mm-hmm. and taxing them, you know, 
one third at the growers, one third mm. at the distributors, and one third at the retailers, or something around those. Yeah, lines. Washington's like twenty five percent, I think, at each it's, state. Yeah, it's sick. It's <laughs> sickening. These people have had no hand whatsoever in building these businesses. They've had no hand in operating them. They've put forth no capital investment, no, no time sure. investment, and they're raping these people for thirty percent at every level. Yeah, Which amazed, means they're raping the consumer for all of that. Correct. What amazes me is the part that the states have played in that, in that this is still illegal. So the states are actively breaking federal law in order True. to get their cash cow in this particular way. Right. So, huh, rules for the for well, thee and not for me, I yeah, guess. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's a classic case of monkey see, monkey do, right? It took one, uh, we'll call it a state, one United State, uh, to have some balls. And go, well, we're just going to make it legal here in our state. I think it was Colorado mm-hmm. and Washington at the I, yeah, same Colorado, time, wasn't well, it? Well, almost. Colorado yeah. was first, technically. Oh, were they? Okay. Yeah. Uh, so Col- let's just say Colorado. Colorado went, you know what? We're going to make it legal in our state. We dare you to do something about it, federal government. And the federal government went, that is just not worth our time. They blinked. They just went, that's not worth our time. Yeah. Uh, and or, then they just start breaking the you know, laws, the state. Or they wanted to see what would happen, to see how much money they could rape mm. people for in taxation. Oh, go, that is exactly what And happened. go, oh, this looks profitable because, you know, we're losing. losing. The federal government always likes to say they're losing money whenever, like, something is accomplished and they no longer need to, you know, take as much money from a group. They're mm-hmm. like, oh, we're losing money. We've lost revenue. Right? Yeah. Like, people uh, during COVID, people paid less in tolls for roadways right. even though they've already paid for them and they're like oh we lost so much revenue because of the covid thing when people weren't they didn't lose any revenue they just weren't raping as many people <laughs> yeah and colorado definitely went through the process of figuring out exactly how much rape the people would put up with by yeah, doing sure. the sort of soft open right. that was the and medical state card. helped with that california of course pioneered it with the medical marijuana stuff and you know i'm glad my instincts at the time told me don't put yourself on that government list hmm. no not for this price, not for any price. Just don't put yourself on any list whatsoever, because it turns out if you're on the medical marijuana list, you're never allowed to have a firearm, ever. Well, they're, so starting, to ch- they're starting to change that, it sounds like. As I mentioned earlier, there has been a federal court decision that has found unconstitutional the law that prohibits cannabis users uh, from having guns. But they can't right, find so. the entire government itself unconstitutional. No, unfortunately <laughs> not. So Shane Pennington is a Washington, D.C. attorney who specializes in cannabis law. He predicts that the recommendation the DEA is reviewing from HHS will carry considerable weight. He says, historically, the DEA has never overridden a recommendation from HHS. So that sounds kind of optimistic. However, not everyone's convinced. Paul Armentano, who's the deputy director of NORML, which is the National Organization for the Reform of of Marijuana marijuana Laws, laws, pointed out the DEA could try to keep marijuana in its current category, Schedule 1, as they did in 2016, by pointing to obligations under international drug treaties. He said, it'll be very interesting to see how they respond to this recommendation, given the agency's historic opposition to any potential change in cannabis categorization under federal law. So not everybody agrees as to how this is all going to play out. But under the Controlled Substances Act, H, uh, Schedule 1 is reserved for drugs having what they call a high potential for abuse with little or no accepted medical use, which, of course, as we know, doctors all across the country are recommending marijuana for everything from chronic pain to uh, PTSD, yeah. to you know, sleeping at night. Yeah. I mean, there's so many different uh, people that have benefited from Even just from simple this. like lack of appetite. 
Like, yep. like marijuana treats symptoms of other drugs. Somebody might get on a yeah. drug for a diabetes, cancer, or something, and like one of the side effects of these pharmaceuticals is lack of appetite. Or nausea. Or nausea. Mm-hmm. And guess what? Marijuana relieves those. Oh, weird. And many times it relieves it with one toke. Yeah. It's not like these people who are using it for medical purposes are getting blasted on it. Right. Many of them, it's one drag. They get the effect they're looking for, and that's it. Or in some cases, they're not even using the smoked version. I used to know a guy who was a free stater who was taking a tincture, and it would solve his seizures that he would have otherwise regularly, just a little bit under the tongue every few hours. There's topical solutions, too, that contain... Uh, the the THC that you can mm-hmm. like rub on yourself or just like uh, uh, the patch for quitting smoking you can have a THC right. patch on your arm but yet they put this in Schedule One where they say it has little to no medical use which is ridiculous and a high potential for abuse because apparently that's mm-hmm. a big part of which schedule it's on mm-hmm. so oh, low to moderate uh, potential abuses is Schedule Three. Dude, go all the way to Schedule 4. Honestly, can you think of like, oh, they're abusing marijuana. I don't know any stories about that. No. Now, plenty of drugs. I know lots of stories about abusing them. I've seen... Alcohol, for example. Well, I have seen marijuana be abused, but I have yes. not seen people abuse marijuana. Like, I've seen people do some nasty stuff with their marijuana. Oh, I don't know, man. I, somebody, like, <laughs> took a bag of mine and chucked it out a window in a moving car. That's what I'm talking that's about. Marijuana yeah, abuse. That's a, that is abuse yeah. of the marijuana. Hey, you know what else has little to no medical use government government yeah very good <laughs> little to no medical they should be like abolished they have like no reason. use whatsoever well, if they oh, were a all. substance i could chuck them in the ocean and we'd yeah. all be better off uh let's see so as you said schedule three is a designation applied to drugs with moderate to low potential for physical or psychological dependence and some medical value According to a Vanderbilt Law School professor, Robert Mikos, he says that's a big deal. It would be the first time that the federal government has concluded that. And, of course, reclassifying a drug is a complicated administrative process. No, it Bef- isn't. Before, uh, right, it's somebody writing oh, something on paper. You. I assure you they have made this process as complicated <laughs> as well as they can to get more jobs. As long mm, as we can hire more yeah. bureaucrats, let's complicate the process a Everybody's little further. Everybody's got to justify their BS salary. So mm-hmm. before the HHS can recommend the reclassification of the drug, which has just happened, the FDA had to conduct a medical uh, and scientific review using what is called a eight-factor analysis. It considers the potential for abuse, the history of abuse. And the EPA had to do a study on the carbon footprint of more marijuana farms. I'm and surprised the, that's not in I, here, I, but... I, I, yeah. Uh, but they uh, they also had to review scientific evidence of its pharmacological effect. They sent the review to HHS, which then uses it as its basis of recommendation to the DEA. That agency then conducts its own analysis, which involves issues beyond the scope of the health agencies. So this week, the big news we're talking about here is the fact that HHS sent a letter to the DEA including its recommendation to change the schedule of cannabis. We have had a bunch of alphabet agencies uselessly (laughs) gyrate for no apparent reason, and we may arrive at a conclusion at a much later date as a result. I mean, I know your nervous system has, like, cannabinoid receptors, so you're biologically, you know, made for this substance to have healthful effects, but we just don't think that there's any medical use. Apparently, if it is reclassified, legal experts say they believe the FDA would continue to take a hands-off approach to state-regulated marijuana markets, though in states with medical programs, doctors are currently offering recommendations, not prescriptions. Prescriptions, apparently, can only be written by doctors for FDA-approved drugs. 
The FDA, uh, they say, has a lot on its plate, said the main office of cannabis policy. Yeah, they have food and drugs. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not concerned, he says, as the chief cannabis regulator, that the FDA is going to turn my regulatory program or markets in my state upside down. So what else do you need to know here? Yeah, I will say that there is tremendous pressure on them not to recategorize Wait. these things because it's a threat to the alcohol industry, which is where a lot of politicians get their uh, their bread buttered. Big time. If it's the Food and Drug Administration, then shouldn't they be the ones giving me my marijuana? You don't want that. They actually did have a government program for years <laughs> under prohibition where um, I don't know whether the original number was, but like the patients were getting government oh. issued cannabis. They would get it like once yeah. every few months or something like that. There used they, to be tales of every month weed and how potent it was. Mm. And all that kind of, it was supposedly yeah. good, which yeah. is surprising. Like, how did that end up happening? Because uh, they had no, uh, what do you call it? Uh, no limit budget to growing the best kind. Yeah, but usually they fail at everything that they That's do. True. So that was like the bizarre thing there. Yeah, did they but, did they do did they pull a NASA where they just like plucked all of the best people I mean, from the free market that mm, were like look, amazing at this the, the first and people, gave them a government job? Yeah. The first people to take the government jobs were probably lifetime growers anyway. Mm. Because they were like, oh, I can make money at this without being in the black market? Mm. Yes. Let me go do that. Um, here's the numbers, by the way. It's uh, 23 states and D.C. have legalized recreational cannabis, and medicinal use is lawful in 38 states. So, again, super majority, I think, there of states that have medical programs. Wait, I got it. The Food and Drug Administration means that anybody who is a part of that, an employee of the Food and Drug Administration, means they administer drugs and food to themselves. So they're basically sitting around all day getting high and snacking. Under companies that grow and sell cannabis, the reclassification would have significant tax implications. Under IRS Code 280E, businesses that sell marijuana are taxed on gross income and are not allowed to deduct business expenses. So I guess that would change, wow. I suppose, the tax code. Yeah, you know that building that you had to have to, to either lease or build? Yep. yep, yep, can't write that off. Oh, you know the transportation vehicles you use to move the marijuana from point A to point B? Yep, can't write those off. Yeah, apparently that's a thing businesses do is they All write the off a lot of these yeah. uh, these expenses. And uh, the tax code results in a substantially higher tax rate for cannabis companies, which have often razor-thin profit margins if they make any profit at all. She's uh, Matt Darren, who's the executive chief at Curaleaf, which operates dispensaries in 19 states. He says it's been debilitating for the industry having that amount of tax go to the government. I think it's going to have a phenomenal impact on the industry to be able to take all of those funds and reinvest them into more jobs, more construction projects, mm. more research and product development. I just had a sinister thought. What if this is all just... Uh uh, laying uh, infrastructure for uh, government to come in and take over these places because you know government's not going to build this stuff themselves they're not mm -hmm. going to you know form these uh, organizations between the growers the distributors and the retailers but if their profit margin is so thin right that most of the stores are going to make it then guess what some politician can jump out in front of the parade i'm going to save the marijuana stores and the marijuana growers Hope by not. nationalizing these <laughs> stores in this process and now just like the liquor stores here in new hampshire you can only buy marijuana from a government store i hope that doesn't happen unfortunately that is one of the proposals that seem to gain some traction in new hampshire would be to have the state you're talking about the federal government taking it over though 
Uh, any government, really, oh, okay. but, okay. you know, whatever. Yeah. I mean, yeah. d- is, does it matter which it's... government, like, eyes this up and goes, hey, their profit margins so thin, all these fledgling marijuana we'll businesses just are just not doing well. We can't figure out why. Mm-hmm. They're not going to, like, oh, you don't have to pay any more taxes and see if that helps your business. They're not going to do that. Instead, they're going to run out in front of the parade and go, oh, we'll save the marijuana retailers for all you dope smokers out there who still want to be able to buy your marijuana at a store. And now they can, like, it's all their revenue now. Not just the tax revenue. Now it's all their revenue when they take over. Yeah, so far New Hampshire has been really good at uh, striking down any of the really terrible bills that have gone through. Uh, unfortunately, we had a decent one that also got struck down in the process. Yeah. And for my part, I honestly only care about one thing. Are you going to just treat this like a plant when I grow it or not? Right. I mm-hmm. don't care about buying it in a store right. and the taxes I've got to pay. Look, I'm used to that. I'm used to there being a tobacco tax and alcohol tax. Okay, I get it. But can I just grow the friggin' plant? Right. Yeah, the thing I don't understand about this is why they think, and I'm not a tax expert or anything like that or an accountant, but why would it be that uh, IRS code would change? They're saying this code uh, tells businesses that sell marijuana to pay taxes on gross income and they can't deduct business expenses. Why would moving it from Schedule 1 to Schedule 3, which is still a prohibition it's just will allow you to write a prescription for this prohibited subject well it, it, you don't understand product. it ian because it's code you're Indeed. not supposed to Indeed. understand code uh, but I, I i guess i'm questioning whether or not the you know this would actually affect these businesses they think it would uh the president of the virginia cannabis association says it almost immediately overnight turns good operators into profitable businesses well as Whereas, code this is cryptographically secure depression <laughs> yeah. Uh, Major Payne is on the line here with us in Michigan. Go ahead, Major. Yeah, I wanted to touch on the uh, the DEA and the marijuana. Good touch or bad touch? You got about 30 seconds. uh, I was listening to an interview from a woman that was the head of a uh, research department at some university, and she was researching pot, right? And she said, uh, being as how she's got to follow all these government rules, the only place she can get her to do her test with is from the DEA. Alright, you can tell the rest of the story coming up in about 30 minutes on Beard Talk Live. I suspect the Major will be one of your callers tonight. I, I suspect as well. He's pretty regular on that. Uh, check them out over at watch.freetalklive.com in about a half an hour, 10.30 Eastern for Beard Talk Live's 52nd episode. Congratulations, you guys. Thanks, man. We'll see you tomorrow night otherwise. This is Mark Edge with Free Talk Live. Mark Warden with PorcupineRealEstate.com is one of the best real estate agents I've ever worked with. I've been through about two dozen real estate transactions in my life, and I feel like I know what I'm doing, but there's always the things that you don't know that you don't know. Mark Warden with PorcupineRealEstate.com found a problem with the house that I was buying that ultimately saved me $65,000. He's a consummate professional, holds his people to his own high standards, and I would unequivocally recommend him for any real estate purchase in New Hampshire. Don't sell yourself short. Contact PorcupineRealEstate.com.